You better be listening to Slezoids or I must break you. Heavy smoke, well, heavy speaking. Bring it. Yes. You see McCoy's tonight? No, he ain't getting your head. Try the Seamus at home. Seamus is clean. What are you doing in the tub? I'm taking a bath. Put your clothes on. Saves on a laundry bill. Seamus is dirty. Myself as being in the people business. He's a sucker for long odds. Think you want me to hit your 19? Yeah, I do. Underdogs. You put your dukes up. Let me see what you got. That's it. Well, for now, yes. And anybody who needs a friend. We'll put you in an emergency. Little guy was the boss. It's weird, pretty boy. Last night, a close personal friend of mine was treated with some disrespect. Only this time, he's taking on the mob. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise. And at the end of each episode, along with our honorary Sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon, uh, if it's still happening next week, I think we're going kind of Italian Burt Reynolds mode in a, in, in a way, kind of. We'll, we'll see. Join the sleaze. Burt Reynolds is a little Italian as is, but yeah, we'll get yeah. into that. Sure. Um, <laughs> and we decided all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover as well. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout out and two bonus episodes every single month, which we are in our, I think, sixth year. I don't know. We have like 150 plus bonus episodes as well as our bonus transmission series where we talk about new release genre films. So if you haven't made the jump yet, we recommend doing that over at patreon.com slash podcast. And speaking of which, we did have quite a few people make the jump this week uh we had charlie taylor sign up at five dollars a month we had griffin rissinger we had dylan bernstein we had tim vickers uh we had dan n john cody emery uh oh that's one of my good friends oh there you go john (laughs) cody welcome brother uh we had will johnson um sign up we had ben nadow sign up at ten dollars a month and is joining us for the monthly virtual screening we like to do in the last thursday of any given month typically though if anyone's listening to this we actually would have already done our burt reynolds theme virtual screening on malone so but Mm -hmm. you can always find the recordings to those on the patreon after the fact too if you miss the live show uh we also had luke olin junk sign up we had deeb sign up uh Pathmusa, uh, Ola Tunjo Nuga, uh, Cade, we had Isaac, Nicholas Guerin, Jeff Kohler, Jacob Moore, and last but not least, also signing up at $10 a month for the virtual screening, uh, Dylan Usher. So thanks so much to all of you folks. We appreciate the support and hope you've been enjoying all those bonus episodes. Yeah, thank you very much. That's the one plug for the week. The other plug, as always, is Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you are listening on either one of those platforms, and I can see the stats, I can see you right now listening on both those platforms, give us a good old rating and review over there if you haven't. It helps us climb the ranks and find new listeners. And last but not least, uh, merch. If you like the poster art that Based Out of Toronto horror artist Trevor Henderson did for our show, you can get that put on basically anything that you can think of. And you freaks thought of a lot of stuff. You guys have bought pillows, notebooks, hoodies, coffee mugs. You know, if you're interested in that, the link is in the description of this episode as well as over at sleezoidspodcast.com. That is it for the intro. Welcome back to another week. As always, I am your host, Josh Lewis, and joining me also, as always, my co-host, Jamie Miller. Welcome back, everybody. 
Welcome. I believe uh, that two weeks ago would have been the last time you folks over on the main feed would have heard from us, and we would have had special uh, guest of the show, uh, martial arts uh, film programming expert Brandon Lim of uh, Black Belt Cinema, a very wonderful martial arts screening series here in Toronto, where he was screening the 50th anniversary of Sister Street Fighter. Uh, and we were like, yeah. well, the only thing that made sense to pair with that would also be Sonny Chiba's movie that kicked off that spinoff franchise, The Street Fighter, also from 1974, because that was how fast they pumped these things out in those days. Uh, oh. So we got to talk a lot of sadistic for hire karate fighting uh, mixed with some like Yakuza neo-noir um, elements. And in the sequel, Sister Street Fighter, a little bit more of like a goofier comic book, almost like James Bondy <laughs> kind of mania yeah. to the sort of criminal conspiracy <laughs> she kicks her way through. And make sure that you watch the uncensored version because the censored version is very much out there for Sister It's Street missing Fighter. the wonderful <laughs> blood geysers and yes. knives to the skulls that uh, Jamie got to hear Brandon and I lovingly describe and be like, man, I wish I watched that version of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, without uh, uh, the Street Fighter, we would not have the X-ray vision in Blitz the League that would come 30 years later in video games. So thank you, Street Fighter. Thank you very much. That's right. Sonny Chiba <laughs> invented Mortal Kombat. It's a good part of the discussion of that episode. Go back and check it out. Uh, but last week over on the Patreon feed exclusively uh, for those folks over there, uh, we did a uh, long time intended pairing, a, a, an episode that has been voted but never won the Patreon uh, voting polls that we do once every two months, uh, but it had been nominated at least like 10 times probably. Uh, we did the pairing of New Jack City from 1991 and Juice from 1992 as kind of a sort of like 90s Harlem set sort of social message black exploitation sort of crime movies that were both co-starring and soundtracked by hip hop artists, including Ice-T in New Jack City and Tupac in uh Juice and uh, both were very, very different movies. Mario Van <laughs> Peebles's was very much like a sort of like crack cocaine epidemic sort of update on like the rise and fall sort of like gangster tragedy. Whereas like Ernest R. Dickerson aimed for a little bit more of a uh, grounded sort of high school melodrama that turns a little bit more into like a horror movie about the existence yeah. of guns. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Tupac becoming Michael Myers was something I wasn't really expecting in Juice, but it ends up working well most of the time. He's also <laughs> really good at it. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is. He was, he was incredibly charismatic. Yeah, I, I want to see uh, more of his performances. Yeah, so if you haven't heard that episode, that was last week over on the Patreon feed. We recommend go back and checking that out. But uh, moving on to this week, we have a very special returning guest uh, who hasn't been on for a little while on on the show. But we and but we we kind of when we saw that we were like that can't be right, right? We've had to have him on sooner, you know, more recently than that. Uh, and uh, we were like, well, no, we haven't. So we need to have him back. That guest is uh, one of the co-hosts of the We Hate Movies podcast, Eric Siska. Eric, how you doing? Hey, good. Thanks for having me back. The ban is lifted. I got my mustache comb out and we're going to talk some Bert. <laughs> that yes. is that is right. Yeah. Last time we had you on, we realized it was the Beastmaster. You inflicted yes. that upon us, which is uh, maybe <laughs> what resulted Wait. in the short, short Inflic ban period. Inflicted? I don't know if that's the right <laughs> word. 
<laughs> what we other movie has Rip Torn tossing a child into a fiery pit? That's, That's also true. true. I haven't seen that since. So <laughs> Hopefully it's it on 4K up. now since we talked about it. Maybe I should give it another Hell look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, welcome back, uh, Eric. As Eric already alluded to, we are going to be doing our uh, second ever episode dedicated entirely to the man, the myth, the mustache, Mr. Burt uh, Reynolds. But Eric, maybe give us a little bit of backstory on how this episode uh, came to be and how the pairing came to be. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, uh, the start of the new year, for some reason, I just started watching like every single Burt Reynolds, every single Burt movie I kind of haven't seen before. Heat, I do have a story about I've seen before, but I watched Seamus for the first time recently and I posted the opening on Instagram, and <laughs> Josh, you were you were quite enthused by that opening. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yes. So if folks don't know, if you haven't watched the film yet, it is, um, it's a humdinger. Uh, we start with the Columbia Pictures logo, which then fades out to a man and his wife necking in bed, and lo and behold, at the skylight, uh, there's men in hazmat, like flame retardant suits and flamethrowers. They set them on fire, jump down, break open a safe. And that is the start of the movie from <laughs> Columbia Pictures to that. Yeah, the charred corpses on screen in seconds. Ugh. Pretty crazy. But pretty, immediately I was like, Eric, what the fuck is this movie? And then, and then, and then, I, and then I went, well, hey, Eric, now that I'm, I'm talking to you, we haven't had you on in a while. And he's like, well, do you want to talk about this? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think the thing that kind of like, not only does Bert connect these two films, they're sort of mangy neo-noirs in a way. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, Burt Bert Reynolds has a certain presence. I think it's, I just, I don't know. He's just uh, charismatic and I can't stop watching him. He's sort of like, um, if you get into Joe Don Baker or something like these guys yeah. that look like they would actually fight you, you know, versus like a Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth or something like these hardened older actors. I just can't get enough of, you know, stuff from the seventies and eighties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very excited to to get back into in, in into the Burt, uh, and especially with this uh, particularly kind of grimy neo noir double feature here. Although from two very different eras, which I'm excited to talk about as as yes. well, because yeah. Seamus is very much it's actually pre even uh, White Lightning, uh, so it's very much on like the cusp of Burt Reynolds is kind of figuring out. And honestly, in Seamus, he's already almost got it down pat like what the burt reynolds sort of star power performance kind of looks like and then with heat we're going to be talking about it him kind of reacting to the decline of that and doing a little bit of an older wearier performance 13 years uh, right yes later. my god he you know and the thing is like you think that oh this is heat you know 86 like this is burt in decline oh he'll decline more oh, <laughs> he'll really decline <laughs> I should tell you guys, I watched these. There's, he did a trilogy of um, uh, movies, original movies for the TNT network uh, that he oh directed boy. the first one. I forget who directed the second one. And the third one, Hal Needham came back and directed it. And this is 1997, 98. And they're called oh, Hard man. Time. And it's really ridiculous. What's also great about those movies is his, his buddy pairing with Charles Durning continues. Uh, if you don't know, Charles Durning was also in, I think, it's Sharky's Machine and Stick, also directed by Burt. 
Okay. So there's a friendship there. And in those hard time, I will get to Seamus. I'm just going to talk about all of Burt Reynolds. But in hard time. <laughs> oh, God. In hard time, uh, he's like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short. The second one features Bruce Dern as a Hannibal Lecter character that he talks to in prison. And then the oh, third man. one is a diehard clone. It's just impossible. And I've been posting Bert stuff on my social media, like the Instagram, like how Josh saw the opening of Seamus. And people were like, well, what are your favorite Burt Reynolds movies? And how, how, can, how, did, how dare he do this after doing Boogie Nights? And I told people my favorite Burt Reynolds movies, like I think Hooper was one of them. Oh, White Lightning is great as well, Smoking the Bandit, whatever. And people were like, how could you not put Boogie Nights on there? Because that's not a Burt Reynolds movie. You know, he's in it. Right. He's in it. But yep. he's not. Now, these two movies, Seamus and Heat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like, how I feel about a movie I also watched this week by happenstance, uh, Driven. That's a Rennie Harlan, oh, Sylvester Stallone God. movie. Burt Reynolds yes. is just kind of in a wheelchair hanging out at the side of the movie for a little he, bit. <laughs> yes. He's like old man stroker ace trying to fix that car for him and shit. Like, oh, turn on the dime. That movie is ridiculous as well. Yeah, he's trying to do the Duvall in Days of Thunder role, but it's just it's yes. not written for him to actually be the old guy passing on advice. It's for Stallone to give all the young actors advice and for everyone mm-hmm. to love Stallone. They, it's not <laughs> <laughs> do give him a Bert gets a little bit of a monologue in there. That's, you know, it's, 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 it's nice enough. I'm, I'm glad to see Bert get a, uh, a paycheck. Even, even if he squanders his Oscar, you know, who cares? But yeah, we're talking about Burt Reynolds. And as you can tell, we are going to be talking about a lot of Burt Reynolds. We're going to be <laughs> digressing, I imagine, but we are going to kick things off here. So let's start it off with Sheets. <laughs> Bert Reynolds is Seamus. And Seamus is a pro. He never misses. Well, hardly ever. All right, we are talking Seamus, the 1973 American neo-noir action thriller directed by Buzz Kulik, written by Barry Beckerman, and starring Burt Reynolds as the drunken, womanizing New York private detective Seamus McCoy, who uh, finds himself in a diamond theft conspiracy and gun smuggling conspiracy involving uh, a whole bunch of various characters we'll talk about, including his best pal springy uh the sister of a corrupt nightclub owner named alexis played by is it dian cannon i actually don't know if i've ever said that out loud before i've only ever read it yeah <laughs> I, I thought uh, it was a weird way of spelling diane yeah, diane yeah, dylan you know yeah. we're, we're, some, somewhere in the middle there um and also a we'll get into it a a ruthless colonel who appears through, named craig hardcore uh, <laughs> by john p ryan which we'll talk about i love that detail Colonel Hardcore, who, Colonel by the way, Hardcore. is yes, a poor name. You would. Yes. You. And where would you put <laughs> Colonel Hardcore? Uh, Staten Island, the military base on Staten Island. I do love the New Yorkness of this movie. You get all these little shots of New York of you even see the World Trade Center at one point. The, t- the two top floors not yet finished. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Wow. 
Yeah, where this, is, this is this is a New York time capsule. There is some really great yeah. New York photography, and we'll we'll talk about it too because part of it that's because it's um, Victor J. Kemper, the uh, uh, cinematographer, who within three years of shooting this would also shoot Friends of Eddie Coyle and Dog Day Afternoon and Mikey and Nikki. So as far as like sort of like gritty street on location photography, this was like a guy that you could look to for that. So there's a lot um, in 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 here for that. But uh, right, this, bu- this is our Buzz Buzz Kulik. I would he. After this, he did what? Bad Ronald, the TV movie. That's gotten kind yes. of a second life as of late. Yeah, people love their serial killer uh, POV kind of films in that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is our second episode actually dedicated to the uh, charming sort of dirty suaveness of uh, Burt Reynolds, who's a, a dude I've always kind of viewed as like kind of like the, the dirty American sort of like low class bond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> term, oh, you know? that's a good, good way of looking at it for sure. He's, yeah, because he's he, betting ladies, he's killing yep. indiscriminately. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 uh swagged out but uh and, and I, th- I think when w- jamie when we did our episode on him it was so many years ago now i think it was like 2018 yeah. maybe it's been a long time since we've talked about him we really honed in on the sort of like southern ex-con like bootlegger kind of era of yeah. uh burt reynolds we talked about gator mccluskey so we did the sort of like hooting and hollering sort of exploitation moonshine like white lightning <laughs> is though is was the main one that we did directed Great by joseph movie. Sargent. Great movie, awesome Bayou location work, like background uh, back road sort of like county car chases um and but also had that like lean 1970s kind of blunt economy and like gritty violence that you hope for out of a movie like that it's so much of it is like burt reynolds being like i'm only scared of two things women and the police and then <laughs> yeah. and then getting into like the one of the most violent car chases you've ever seen where like the sheriff is hitting the ramp to his death over burt reynolds just relaxed posing underneath the car going like right by his face it's one of like the coolest shots i've ever seen in a movie um, and then we talked about the less successful sequel to it, uh, Gator from 1976, yeah. which, which still you know, did have some, um, like, I, I remember, uh, that amazing shot of the, the helicopter and the, um, yeah, chasing and the them boat. through the airboat uh, yeah, through on the, the swamp. Like, yeah. It's amazing. It was pretty much a rep, like a, the same shot as, uh, oh, what's that movie with, um, I think it's Gene Hackman. Uh, how am I forgetting it right now? The French Connection. I think the French connection. Yeah, where mm. they have the train and the car moving at the same time. It was kind of yeah. like that, but with a heli and a speedboat. So That's the kindest thing anyone has ever said about Gator compared to the French <laughs> definitely, connection. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so. I thought we said it in the episode <laughs> too, but maybe I'm forgetting. Gator but that not, shot is very cool. He's not yeah, wrong. It's great. <laughs> Gator's not that great. Yeah. And no, it kind of no. turned me off of Bert as a director for a while. And I finally went back and I watched, I rewatched Sharky's machine recently. It, it, it's, it's all right. But I was impressed with stick. If you want like a good, uh, 1985, uh, Burt Reynolds kind of trying to get, get back into it. Elmore, Elmore Leonard, uh, novelization here and screenplay. Uh, okay. it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Damn. Yeah. It, it, it seemed like in the eighties he was trying to, and we'll get into it. When we talk about heat. He was trying to select projects with more, uh, you know, uh, with better material, I guess we'll say, you know, like yeah, he was looking at Elmore Leonard. We'll talk about heat where he was adapting a William, um, Goldman, right. Yes. Uh, Goldman book, um, as, as well. And yeah, as, as a director from what I've seen, doesn't quite have the control over the sort of like tautness and tone that made some of his best movies very tough, um, and exciting, but we are going to go back to that era when people were really excited about Burt Reynolds, we're going back to 1973, right after his transition from being this like former 
sort of like Florida football player turned theater TV actor in the 50s and 60s. Um, and, you know, eventually getting a series of films, you know, that included, you know, he did a Sergio Corbucci film, Spaghetti Western. He did a Sam Fuller movie um, and eventually landed the 1972 film you might have heard of called Deliverance, directed by John Borman, which changed mm-hmm. his entire career trajectory, changed his life. And very, I mean, I'm surprised we still haven't covered it yet, but like his performance mm-hmm. in that is truly is like incredible and somehow despite the fact that it's like a little bit you know like he's got the tight vest on he's showing off his muscles it's a very sort of like macho sort of performative movie in a movie that's actually not that and is about actually yeah. this kind of social pressure and this sort right. of and it's the really grim survivalist movie where you know can a character who is that kind of superficial survive in a situation like that um it is surprising but, uh, that that you know that movie of all that's what launches him into that stratosphere it's uh, so strange to think about like <laughs> yeah. it's not you know like you don't watch that movie and immediately go you know like that guy's you know he's the new action star it's just not that kind of movie though you can see that he has that look in the movie for sure. And, and it really mm-hmm. did make him a tough and like sexy sort of like seventies leading man and got him maybe more importantly, that iconic hairy nude, uh, bear rug <laughs> cosmopolitan centerfold. Uh, right. The, shoot, si- the same <laughs> year, the same year, 72, he did fuzz, which is more kind of more like this movie, but, uh, yeah, I mean, deliverance is uncomparable, but fuzz was one of the first, we hate movies episodes we did in like 2010. I, I forget which number it is, but I think it's in like maybe it's episode seven or something. And that that movie's very interesting just because of the cast is like Burt Reynolds, uh, Yul Brenner, Raquel Welsh, Tom Skerritt. Yeah, no, he he was like he was trying to I mean, I from what I understood reading it, because obviously, you know, he did a bunch of iconic movies in the 70s. And we'll talk about a little bit of that in between when we're moving on to heat. He did, you know, like Longest Yard and Smokey and the Bandit. But from what I was reading, this was like the first thing that he signed on to after the craziness of the sort of like deliverance hype and the <laughs> the cosmopolitan thing that got him he f- apparently was not crazy about the reaction to all of that <laughs> um and uh you know in in in, in the midst of these uh, movies that kind of rose to the top the things like your longest yards and stuff he did have some smaller ones where he was trying to cash in on this new sort of star appeal image um, that that he had. And I there's some I haven't seen. I don't know if you guys have seen them. The, like, the, 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 what is this, WW and the Dixie Dance Kings? I don't oh, even know what that is. I have uh, I have not seen that one yet, but uh, I'll add it to the list. by the Rocky director. Yeah. You know, Lucky Lady is in there um, <laughs> where they tried to pair him with Liza Minnelli. Uh, but, but in that batch is Seamus, which saw him teaming up with director uh, Buzz Kulik, which is just kind of a sick name. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I haven't seen anything else by him but i was like that's this is, seems like a cool guy not and, a lot and he, not a lot of buzzes lately right like no. yeah what happened to that you know Falling like that fashion that used to be like a nickname people weren't naming their kids buzz right that was like uh <laughs> it does sound like the name of the guy who would direct the last steve mcqueen movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and, and and i and i believe whose big hit at the time was um was this was that hold on am i am i looking at this 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 correctly the uh oh yeah it was brian's song right he did that interracial sort of right. like buddy football abc movie of the week which was james con and billy d williams as real life friends um uh brian piccolo who tragically died of cancer at at 26 and, and his teammate um and uh 
I guess this guy who was like a TV director who was clearly, you know, could credibly kind of move around genres and flex in the genres. He just really liked this script that was a 1940s, you know, sort of Philip Marlowe private eye um, riff that Columbia was just sitting on. And he saw the chance to update it. And they were like, well, could you update it for the 1970s and for Burt Reynolds, you know, sort of like the star persona that he's kind of forming. Yeah, we're going to make uh, it sexier and modern. This is the modern version. Right, which is which 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 I did I did think was so funny because like yeah, like it's so clearly disreputable and like not and and there's some obviously there's some great decision making uh, made behind it, but it is like if you're talking about an artful attempt to update Philip Marlowe for the grisly sexy 1970s. Flamethrowers. Like, you know, <laughs> Long Goodbye kind of stands out a little bit more also from 1973 than this movie. Um, And you know the connection between that movie and this movie, right? uh, The Cat, right? Yes, yes. Morris the Cat, the same cat actor, appears in both movies. I think he might be my favorite cat actor. Yeah. He's a great cat. apparently a dynamo on the uh, cat food circuit. He's been a lot of those. I was yeah. reading the cat's biography today a little bit. Not that there's a published book, although I wish there was one. <laughs> it's just like Wikipedia. Like eventually, like they they started replacing Morris the cat, and I read sadly that the original Morris the cat, which I think is this one, passed away in 1978 uh, at in, in his native Chicago. I just love the idea that it's like the cat went to Hollywood <laughs> and then moved, <laughs> retired back home. <laughs> With his family. Good for him. Uh, A happy ending, really. A life well led. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. And and he does appear quite a few times in the movie functionally in the exact same role like he's playing the same the exact same cat who's just a straight cat that the uh, disheveled detective every so often has to open up a can of food for because it's his only friend there's even a great moment where he has to actually go onto the roof to grab him and take him down safely (laughs) instead it's just kind of a side part it's it's uh, it's so adorable yeah, well, and, and do you know what I'll say, though, is Burt Reynolds absolutely does have the kind of dirty, deadbeat, cool to pull off 70s TV B-movie Philip Marlowe, 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like, if they just oh, asked yeah. him and said, okay, we have an actual Philip Marlowe script, we need you to play him, uh, you know, he's he's just he's just that right amount of dirty and swagged out and perpetually hungover and, yes. you know, and, like, but after... For, oh, go ahead. But for legal reasons, McCoy... McCoy. Seamus McCoy. McCoy. We're going to make Seamus uh... <laughs> I do think it's funny that they could have, uh, just to establish the character, they could have had the actual introduction that they used for him, which is that kind of like, uh, you know, he gets the uh, the phone call and he's he's got the lady in bed. And and what, what's really smart Brushing about his it teeth is... teeth while smoking a cigarette, in, in, which is in my bed, favorite detail. You, you meet, well, you, well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I, I like that it's close up. And so at first you just think he's alone in bed because you only see the sheets. And then just the further it gets out, you see the pool table. The yes. fact that the, 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 um, the phone is overhead on like some thing on a string. Uh, the woman is revealed. Uh, the, you know, the, the apartment that's mostly empty is revealed and all the clothes are on the floor. It's, it's a, a really cool way of introducing it. And it's that's a great after, opening course, credit sequence. 
sequence thing. and surprisingly chill after yeah, the yeah. Columbia logo exactly. disappears <laughs> and get... we're watching people just get absolutely annihilated with a flamethrower. And not only that, my favorite <laughs> detail that Eric I think, forgot to just left out was not only do they break into the house and steal a safe, they actually break in through the skylight. So it's like yes. fire coming from the sky down on this couple. And then they in the fucking like hazmat suit, they like rappel down. Yeah, and, and I was like, the "What flames. the fuck is going on?" And a guttural <laughs> scream from both of them, and the the dummies <laughs> flopping out of out of the bed that's on fire, <laughs> and then just to go it's to so uh, you know, uh, Burt Reynolds like waking up on a pool table, real um, male living space vibes over here, and, yes. and <laughs> having sex with some lady he just met. Hey, leave by noon. I'm off to do my detecting. Yeah. Yeah. And he does the whole like uh, he, you know, he's putting on his pants. He stumbles over to his workout uh, machine and does like one really weak one rep and then just stumbles pull. over to a cigarette. <laughs> like it's, it's actually pretty entertaining and, uh, and very funny. Um, but yeah, just so smooth compared to the insane abrasive and aggressive uh, introduction that we get with just full on flamethrower killings. Yeah. No, and it, it's it's very economically shot. Like I, I don't remember if it's like straight up just a one or not, but it is. It it kind of feels like that as he just mm-hmm. drowsily yeah. attempts to wake up, and he's you know he's got his electric razor going, and he's you know he's got the cigarette still in his mouth while he's trying to brush his teeth, and there's just, <laughs> he's he, he's it's that very cool loser dead yes. kind of kind of like moment where it's just like the perfect blend of you know he's 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 grubby but like it's it's effortless and he's and there is i will say it is elevated by the very funky and very jazzy jerry goldsmith uh goldsmith score that you know really does make him seem mm-hmm. like you know he has like a you know it's like it's a score that would almost play on like a classical noir hero but it's just you know it's not humphrey bogart in a beautiful suit <laughs> it's just <laughs> burt reynolds you know barely getting his shave on hasn't got one of his eyes open yet <laughs> and he's Man. checking out the woman's ass underneath his again his mattress bed that is on top of a pool table which is an <laughs> incredible detail oh, <laughs> so good i think later on canyon's like oh is that where you keep score because it's got the pool score uh, <laughs> above it. It's, it's, it's his wild. closet has one clean shirt. His uh, his pool rack is a is a gun <laughs> like rack yeah. behind it. It's just and he's so laid back in his performance. Like even when I think she wakes up and she starts getting kind of excited about talking and everything, and he's just like, "Hi." <laughs> like it's just very <laughs> flat noted um and on and on purpose watch so, the course, uh but. styrofoam cup ashtray that just hovers above our heads while we sleep by the yeah. way <laughs> yeah so good. Oh my it's God. awesome another connection between these two movies by the way in this movie his drink of choice is vodka neat just vodka and, <laughs> and then in uh heat i believe he swigs from uh, a bottle of vodka so there you go another connection Oh yeah, he's going just hard on the vodka and preference. heat, especially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but he's yeah he's he he's uh you know he's he's a very cool guy right off the start, but he's getting a phone call and you're like, where the fuck? And the the, the phone call first hits Heavy's pool hall. Heavy speaking, you know, and, you know yeah. and I was like, I know exactly where I am right now, and. uh and they they tell him that you know he's he's not there. We just have his sweaty little buddy Springy, played by uh, Larry Block, <laughs> who previously talked about him. We mentioned him as the detective in Hardcore, Paul Schrader, and oh, yeah. uh, 
who who in this film uh, honestly just kind of distractingly looks like he could have been like Roman Polanski's brother in like Chinatown or something. That's just kind of what he looks like to me. And in this, he we're introduced to him earning money off his photographic memory uh, for or or I guess like sports trivia autism that he has, um, mm-hmm. which who who Bert uses as his information researcher. And uh, we find out that like that that's going to be a key element of this. And also that Burt Reynolds, you know, these are the kind of people that he hangs out with uh, in these like smoky back rooms, sort of like Brooklyn gambling and hustling hubs, you know, and, and th- we need a guy on the streets to find out who the hell is flamethrowering people over <laughs> diamonds in the streets of New York. We need this guy who hangs out with his stray cat. Um, and, uh, and, and, and is also, you know, he can be pretty nasty. We'll talk about it. I do think it's very funny how much of this is like every once in a while he does some detective work and every so often he just goes, I'm going to just sadistically torture a man until I get every little piece of information I need. And I'm like, which is the answer. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ultimately. Um, Listen, it just works. I wish it didn't. It just works. torture it just yeah. works but, but it, it is you. very funny to have those scenes and then to have the scenes where he's actually kind of like nice to the to the like one night stand or something like that and he's yeah. like you know and he's making a crack about her keeping her feet warm by putting them in the pool socket or you know and he's just he's he's trying to be charming um but the but the call he's asked to answer is to the estate of this wealthy New York diamond dealer named E.J. Hume, played by Ron Waynad, who's this uh, in a big checkered suit and sunglasses and uh, biggest he, smile he this, you've ever seen. Yeah, so yeah he's, he's very much coded as New York evil because he drives a Range Rover. We'll see later in the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and he has lots of uh scary guard dogs which obviously yes. reynolds has to make some cracks about red tin tin and they they also we're going to talk about there's so much philip Mar. there's some shameless philip marlowe shit going on because we've already talked about the cat it's the same cat as the long goodbye you know you could at least argue seamus came out first so you know maybe the long goodbye stole it from seamus that's right but <laughs> when, when you're stealing some of the th- references they steal here from like the big sleep like when he goes and first meets him and it's not meeting the guy in like a hot greenhouse it's meeting him in a giant uh like essentially a freezer he's turned his <laughs> office using a room-sized <laughs> yes. air conditioner to to freeze him out including a funny gag where the henchman pulls up pulls him up like to the room and Bert takes his jacket off to go inside and you can just see the henchman putting his jacket on and Bert just like looking really confused <laughs> yeah. as to why he's doing that. I also <laughs> like when he's getting the lowdown to whatever um, uh, investigation he has to do. He's, he's just got the the coat over him like it's a blanket and it's just kind yes. of it takes away a little bit of what you normally get like his strong confident demeanor that Bert Reynolds usually has. He's just like kind of shaking and, and curled up in a ball. It's a good moment. It 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 shows the uh, you know the goofiness of Bert as well. (laughs) Yes, it kind of a a very special part of the Bert Reynolds uh, charm is that you know he's he's a bit of a silly guy sometimes. And that's Mm -hmm. you know how I mean you can easily fall into like self parody with that. And obviously everyone's made fun of Bert Reynolds for a long time because you just like I think he carries. I mean yes, it's funny a, a lot of the time, but he walks that line that is well walked. But if you step one way to the other, one way to this way, it's it's not really working. Yeah, yeah, and and you've definitely seen him do both sides of that spectrum. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but but we love him anyway. Yes, absolutely. God rest his soul. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, and and this movie, I I will say, it does walk a little bit in general of a strange line that I don't even think is like sort of like Bert's fault. It just it has a strange tone that sometimes feels like it's aiming for something kind of classical and very charismatic and there's there are some elements in here that are just nice scenes of Bert like hanging out with some just like eccentric sort of like New York characters and people that he likes and there's some nice scenes uh obviously the 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 score is very classical and then just out of nowhere some like crazy 70s like sadistic violence will just um kick in and and not in a way that it's like the whiplash appears to be done on purpose and like in kind of like an interesting like we're trying to say something about those old noir stories or something it really just does feel that it's like you know Bert making a crack about how you know cold he is in this like weird rich dude's office and then just being like ten thousand dollars yeah I'll take ten thousand dollars I'll go look into whoever did (laughs) this fucking thing and then but then his first trip is to is a tip on a heroin dealer named Johnny Broston played by a very young John Glover who what a appearance I I love John Glover in you know obviously Gremlins 2 and of course baby added his dead mother you guys do add in his dead mother yet no, no. have you seen this? Yet. Have you seen that movie? No, no, I it's haven't seen it. So, oh my lord! I'll be back soon. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! No, I for some Watch I'm uh, I'm of a different generation who probably remembers him more as the Mad Doctor and Batman and Robin. Unfortunately, oh, yes, yes. So, well, <laughs> real quick, yeah. Ed and his dead mother is uh, Steve Buscemi like comedy about his mother coming back from the dead. John Glover is like the salesman that resurrects her. Okay, oh. yeah, it's pretty weird. Well, he doesn't get a huge perform or a huge role in this. It really just is he gets, you know, briefly uh, chased down by Burt Reynolds, who annihilates his way through uh, his his muscle and does this big like sort of like fence hopping chase with him, which I will say most of the actual like chase stuff that takes place in this is quite well done. It's yeah, a lot of yeah. Burt Reynolds like hopping fences, hopping on top of trucks, going on top of and roofs, they, and diving through doors, which he does like three or four times in the movie. They make him a very powerful force too. Like there is one amazing shot uh, right before he does some of the, uh, the fence hopping where he's, he's in the apartment with, with one of the guards or one of the guys that's attacking him. And he tosses him from like one corner of the room yes. to the other. And he almost hits the roof. He goes so high. Dude, it's unbelievable. An honestly. Amazing shot of him just picking up a man and throwing him across. <laughs> yeah. And that's the update. That's that's like the seventies action scene. You know, that's we're adding that to the old noir idea. We're doing that that's brutal right. violence. Yeah, yeah. And that's his that's his whole thing. Anytime um he does get his hands on somebody like it's not the you know it's no uh it's not the street fighter or sister street fighter you know he's just kicking guys straight in the balls hitting them in the face <laughs> put putting their head into garbage like that that's that's is his, there a uh, movie where burt reynolds grabs a dick and balls and twists them and pulls them off i'm just i don't you know, know but i i would say that that might be a burt reynolds move for sure eventually it feels like something he would yeah it feels like he gets something from chiba yeah yeah <laughs> It's um, been a while since I saw Cop and a Half. Maybe it's in there. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in this one, maybe and maybe you guys can tell me exactly what he does here. Does he dump his face in shit? It's, I think it's he, supposed to be garbage, but I think they used like pea soup or something on set. Yeah. So it it, looks it like literally diarrhea. looks like he dunked him in a, a shit-filled toilet bowl and then yeah. brought his head back out and was like, <laughs> now tell me about this dockside export company bookkeeping shit. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it was pretty fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. 
and 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 i will say too in very typical sort of like chandler marlowe fashion the mystery is uh surprisingly detailed and convoluted um yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it involves him going to like a like a nightclub called the the health club that's run by a former football player owner named felix montaigne who might have hired the men behind the killing and right. who might be co-owner in this like export company involved in what we find out is a murderous robbery with a mysterious man to steal diamonds because they're smuggling guns and i was hmm. like i don't know that i ever figured out exactly right what they were doing but we do <laughs> uh find out that this, this guy's really important because his sister is uh very attractive um, and she's the cow cowgirl hat attired uh-huh. uh, Alexis Montaigne, played yes. by uh, Diane Cannon, uh, who was hot off Bob and Alice and Ted and Carol, and also Sydney Lumet's The Anderson Tapes, where she had just co-starred with uh, post Bond Sean Connery. So Ooh. you know, oh, yeah. straight from Sean Connery over to Burt Reynolds. Oh my God! Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, hunky dreams! I have oh, been doing yes. all the Sean Connery Bonds recently, and I will say he's 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 a creep. But uh, I oh, yeah. uh, every time I'm like he's he looks good in those short shorts though. I, don't know, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> I get it, I get it a little bit. Yeah. Um, the thing about I do like that she kind of he ch- challenges him a little bit because it seems you know every I think well, he tries to introduce after, himself by an ass pinch I was like I don't know if that's the, <laughs> if that's the yes. move yeah. he's trying to be play, <laughs> he's playful and then he's blaming it on someone else so it's like I'm but he's blaming her. it on the guy who has two suitcases in his hand he's yes, like, yes. <laughs> like what dude you- <laughs> under the bus yeah. oh man and then and then yeah she kind of like challenges him a little bit you, you know she's laughing so she's she's charmed and everything but she's calling him outrageous and and you know it doesn't work out exactly as quickly as it does for instance uh, in the next scene when he's just like you know like a library or used bookstore and then uh just you know very smoothly which by the way and wink wink anyone seen the big sleep anytime yes, yeah. recently <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll just do that we'll just do he, he he hooks up with the hot bookstore girl across the street, but yes. in, in this version, she recommends him a Walter Hill novel. So and my God, it's the 1970s. <laughs> and just to let you know how far the 1970s was from today, I looked up this actress because I was like, oh, yeah, she is attractive. Let's see what else she's done. You know how old she is? She's still alive, apparently, or it's not updated, but 95 years old today. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> not that it's her birthday right now, but... As Damn. of now, she's ninety-five. Uh, the the girl in the bookstore. There you well, go. good for her. Keep on trucking. <laughs> yes, keep on going, girl. Yeah, um, she got she she did, got to have a very Bond style digression with Burt Reynolds in nineteen seventy three before White Lightning. I'm sure she gets <laughs> to uh, you know I'm I, I I would brag about that if that was me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Seamus, let's go. And I also think it's very funny that he's pretty much using that moment as a time killer to <laughs> wait for the guy that leaves the club so he can immediately strangle him. And he's him like, with look, I, I, it's going to be at least six <laughs> hours before I brutally strangle a guy nearly to death. So yes, I got some yeah. time. I'm going to get a little drunk, have a little sex. That's no big deal. Do a little strangling. It was the bouncer, right, who will later reveal in he'll be the corpse later in the movie in the yes. export. My God, the character name. It's funny for you know us Americans, John Bolton. Oh, <laughs> which is, uh, 
Quite, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a different guy Wouldn't you now, like to see but... Burt Reynolds put his hands around that throat? I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you can safely say that in Canada, but I will uh, just nod silently. <laughs> Parody. Um... <laughs> yes, it's a, jo- it's a joke satire. That's right. Uh, well, and Burt Reynolds does make finger guns at Mr. John Bolton which I thought was a funny detail, too, after nearly strangling him to death. It's <laughs> yeah. like, playful. You know? <laughs> Gets all the information. Just some light chain just strangling. him a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but he knows he's onto something big because, you know, he's he's hooking up with people and he's strangling people. Everything's going according to plan so far. Um, but he goes into his dark apartment one night and there's these very unhappy goons in there snooping around. And... Uh, they kick the absolute fucking shit out of him and throw him into his tub, resulting in <laughs> the fucking Philip Marlowe shot of him in his full suit in his tub with the orange cat. Love <laughs> it. Mr. Morris crawling all over him. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a great shot. I had to send that it immediately to Eric. I was like, <laughs> Burt Reynolds is Philip Marlowe. Totally. <laughs> it's the exact same. Elliot Gold should have had that shot first. But uh, he ends up what he ends up having to go directly to the Montaigne condo because he's he's like this mystery is getting a little too big for me a classic Marlowe situation to be put in he's like I, this is you know I'm just like the local PI people kind of talk to me and hang out with me that's all my you know I hang out at a at a pool hall that's mm-hmm. my deal um, and uh, <laughs> he 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 finds out that the obviously the brother is the co owner in in this company but he won't tell him anything more about it because it's privileged information right and uh, the sister also sees him again for the second time after being like you're the dude who pinched my ass and she gets that great line which I was like did David Lynch steal this? The, uh, yes, uh, yesterday, a pervert today, a private detective. I was like, that's so close <laughs> to the line from blue velvet that I love, which is, I can't figure <laughs> out if you're a detective or a pervert. The answer is, both. Oh man. Uh, I'm Seamus just picturing David Lynch. sitting down to Seamus. That'd be something. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Now, Eric, as a New Yorker, I have to ask you, does everyone mm-hmm. have an Italian cop childhood best friend who gets yes. them dinner at a at a the kitchen restaurant? Absolutely, we go down. Okay. We we we, <laughs> we see the the mafias people and, uh, shake hands. Have, I love this. Kiss I, cheeks. I, I dude, I love. I mean, I would kill to be in this. We've said for years on the show that the our, we hate movies is a pro mafia podcast. It's just <laughs> gentlemen trying to help their communities and weigh our last line of defense. Sorry, but that's true. Um, <laughs> Agreed. And I would Sleazoids just love agrees. Love just to be sat down in this kitchen. Like I love that. Like this mob boss is like cooking food and it's he's got the entire like wait staff working he's like i've known you two since you were kids i love you guys yes Yes. actually i married into an italian who's doing all the murder (laughs) i married into an italian family and my god my father-in-law he'll hit you with a forget about it like nobody's business Oh man, an authentic forget about it must be just that must be amazing oh my god magical thing I get it every Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, don't forget oh, about that'd it. That'd be great. I'd sink that in for sure. 
Yeah. Well, that's the kind of shenanigans that Burt Reynolds is is getting up to because he's like, I'm talking to all these different people and everyone, even the mafia sounds like they're a little into whatever the hell this is. And it, I don't know if it's worth the ten thousand dollars that I'm being paid. But then he's also getting paid by Alexis, who is like, I think my brother's also gotten into something a little big and scary and I'm not sure. So, you know, I'm going to hire you to, you know, also look into my brother and get paid to do the same job twice. He's pretty stoked about that. Although I do like that it's in that incredible um scene that i think eric you highlighted in your review where burt reynolds is making scrambled eggs with club soda (laughs) and like and and like and like and 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 you you can actually see alexis in the scene be like what the fuck are you doing that is (laughs) that is as jarring as the flamethrower opening you're making (laughs) scrambled eggs you'd you'd think that that'd be like a like a like a cute moment where they start like their relationship, but I think she was just genuinely concerned. Just like yeah, she, she needed broke to help character him. and was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, like, what the <laughs> fuck is the matter with you?" <laughs> it's like you're gonna make it all fucking runny. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna save a man's life today. <laughs> and 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 it, it does start a little bit of a relationship between the two of them, but it really yeah. more starts in like the scene where she comes for the daily report, and it's the scene. It's very. It's actually really. A pretty well directed scene where it's just it's really drenched in shadows and Burt mm. Reynolds is just holding his gun in his like boots and boxers and that's it and he's briefly very distrustful after having you know the kind of days paranoid days he's been having where people are beating the shit out of him in his apartment at random um and uh shortly after is when he hooks up with her for the first time which I do I did respect was while both of them were holding the cat uh, just in, in 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 between them and even it cuts to the cat like sleeping in their clothes while they're getting it on on the pool table which is, like, which is which is nice because the first lady with the the lady he bedded at the start of the film was complaining about the cat so it's nice to sh- yeah. see that she's okay with it yeah the cat yeah. represents uh his his relaxed state you know when he can mm-hmm. feel he'd be, just be vulnerable in himself that's that's really what the cat represents i think yeah, and there is meant to be, you know, some some <laughs> a, a, some genuine, you know, romance kicking in here. She also has his same stupid sense of humor and makes the same joke about the sticking her feet in the uh, the sockets or whatever. He's like, oh my god, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is the woman for me. You know, yeah. that's oh my that's god, stick the- stick your foot in my socket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful. Is this where? Is this after? Uh, or, or before the scene where he investigates the warehouse, which I, I do no, this like. is yeah, that that's uh, in those sandwich, those right, wonderful right. scenes sandwich, the uh, crazy scene where he tech checks out the uh, the docks and the warehouse and the export company, which is a one of the better scenes in the film actually, where he yeah. finds yeah. these giant wooden crates filled with these illegally smuggled sort of like military grade guns, uh, and also though finds the corpse of uh the bouncer at the nightclub as John well as Bolton. one of the hazmat suit uh you know suits like hanging out in there with him and also every crate is signed with the name colonel cc hardcore <laughs> uh, who we'll eventually see is john p ryan uh the dad from larry cohen's it's alive only one year later he's, he's actually quite good in that film i think Awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, like, there's some there's some good highlights in this one where uh, just when it comes to the the action, I did like when uh, 
the the car is like hurtling towards him and it's just a pov of the camera just speeding towards him as he dives out of the way mm-hmm. um there's a cool uh he uses a forklift to distract that's the kind of the shot guards. you go to the 1970s for that was like yeah. the coolest thing you could do in the 1970s like put a camera on the dashboard and just like really run a guy over yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, i say bring it back bring it back <laughs> agreed Hard now, the, the forklift is great though because they're like oh, he, he's not on it and they yeah. then of course you know typical fashion for a cop-esque thing 70s and beyond forever i guess is the rooftop chase you need a rooftop yes. chase although they they do complicate it by having him go from the rooftop and then go to all the shipping trucks and he has to like frogger style like leap onto each sort of transport truck yeah. roof as they're chasing him down, which is actually a pretty cool little stunt. And this was around the yeah. time, too, that Hal Needham actually was doing uh, stunt work for him. Um, so, you know, cool little relationship mm-hmm. that those guys were forming there that would eventually become all yeah. of their iconic collaborations, which I will say, I don't know exactly how many Hal Needham did for for his stunts because they did try to advertise it a little bit as like Burt was doing some of his own stunts. So I don't want to give, you know, I don't know who gets all the credit there. But this section of the movie does have one of my favorite stunts, which is all of the thugs surrounding him outside the building as they find out that he's like clearly figuring out this big sort of smuggling export conspiracy that's going down. And they all come up to the door and they go, you know, hey, come on out. We got you surrounded, you know, and Bert gets to do a very playful, okay, I'm coming out. <laughs> and he dives head first through the glass yes. part of the office door. I was like, there's no way that that was the best way to, <laughs> to, 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 to do that. Josh, and I, was, I, Josh, I mean, I, I Josh, guess he sort of tackled the guy. Toes. It worked. <laughs> it worked. I don't know. It does work. <laughs> the curveball. <laughs> no one expected Bert Reynolds to just dive through the door. <laughs> like Jesus, we were not prepared for this. Done. Yeah. And I they, think they do I mean, not know what to do. A lot of people don't remember. Like, I mean, he's like an action star. Like his movies are. Yep. He's really like not not that he's doing, but they're doing it. They're doing it. It's great. Yeah. Yep. And I d- I will say the ending of the, the 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 whole chase sequence after the warehouse is a little lackluster compared to everything else that is kind of awesome. Um, where he eventually kind of he goes around a corner almost and just you know catches his breath and it almost appears the way that it's edited that they're still kind of chasing him but then he just runs off camera and they switch back to him finding uh springy and they have a conversation yes. so it was a little bit like okay he just he got away with it sure it, I'll, yeah, I'll go it, with that it was, but. it was a sloppy ending for sure i noticed yeah. that on my second viewing this week of seamus <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you have to you you have to have some detailed notes. You, you like. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I do I do love the uh, guitar score though during that mm-hmm. uh, chase too. It's very it, it almost reminded me of the uh what I love so much about the Isaac Hayes scores around that period when you could imagine like Truck Turner running around or something like that. My mm-hmm. god, you know, I had to watch it this time. This is such a weird. I I watched it on YouTube this go and it's a, some goddamn edit that they take most of the music out of the film oh, because it's copyrighted it was I'm on t- i watched it on tubi last week and now it's no longer streaming anywhere in the united states except for this youtube crap yeah wow where'd you you, you guys were able to watch it we were able to find a uh dvd uh-huh. rip Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. In, 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 in the world wide web. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I will say it was the one that's on I will YouTube. say I'm it was kind of sure, hard. But... It, it was a little hard to find. So. Yeah. 
I just I just couldn't believe that it was readily streaming. And I said, let's do this. And then it was gone. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, Never folks, to be seen again. Yeah, folks at home, I guess if you're interested, dig and find it. It's, it's you know, it's worth checking out, I think, at least once. Yeah. Maybe yes. not twice. No, no, no if twice is fine. Too. Twice <laughs> in one week is perfect, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Then maybe you could take a little bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> Check out some other Burt movies in the meantime. Circle back at some point. Um but yeah, after doing this big chase, he's, you know, he's realized, okay, he's really in uh, too deep and this is well above his pay grade. So he actually meets uh, uh, the businessman Hume uh, this time in a hot and dirty place to make him sweat the same way that he got frozen out earlier. And he basically returns all of the cash minus the $400 in exp- expenses being like, this is, you know, I'm not fucking doing this for you anymore. You're going to get me killed before realizing that he's actually already gotten his best pal springy uh, gruesomely murdered because throughout <laughs> the entire film, he's constantly been giving this guy names and having him look into them. And one of those names that he asked him to look into got his uh, throat slit and once, uh, like like a lot of Burt movies, this uh, very suddenly becomes a movie just about personal revenge more than any of the previous things it might have been about. Sure, yeah, the important <laughs> stuff. That's right. Who the fuck what wronged a, me this time? Well, that that's just it. What we'll get into it when we get into Heat. I think it's hilarious how long they wait to make that a revenge movie. <laughs> they, <laughs> they wait a very very long portion of the movie before they go you know what fuck it you yeah, know let's have it. them he hurt someone he really cares about and you know? <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah he 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 does this really interesting way of like getting his way embedded into the deeper into the conspiracy which is he goes and he confronts alexis which is there's this really great shot actually of his like face sort of like fractured in the mirror next to the sort of view of, of new york city because they have a really great balcony view the the montane siblings yes. so i guess live together i was trying to figure that part out too i was like i don't know okay well you know it's not really um, defined too well there no yeah. Seemed she, like, weird. serves him coffee, um, <laughs> you know, the brother. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm looking at the Chrysler building. I'm having a good time. That's true. <laughs> the, and the, the brother is, it's so funny that he's just, like, a, a football guy who retired with his NFL money and was like, I'm going to get into New York mobster crime. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Why not? Um, and uh, so, but, but he asks her, I believe, to help pose as, like, a buyer for the Colonel Hardcore to buy a tank yes as if he's like buying a pistol i think and i thought this was the weirdest scene in the movie because john p (laughs) ryan is just straight up like he he's like a car dealer but he's like do you you know do you want to run this tank on the street of new york you could destroy so many cities with this thing look at this it is insane that he's trying to sell him a tank i believe uh she's there as like she can vouch for him because the brother was buying arms from Colonel because, because the brother is the business partner or right. something. So it's yes. like, you know, yeah. so so she has some credibility. But it is so weird that he it, it's like a scene of a guy selling a guy a used car. But it's it's <laughs> but it's, it's a Colonel. It's Colonel Hardcore being like, yo, check out these treads. These are nice treads. You could really like squish like 10 people with these. You can't just custom. drive that. You can't just drive that down the street. You can't drive that across the Verrazano Bridge, which we will see soon. And what's yeah, great. so I was, I was at, 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 at about halfway through. He's like, "Hey, are you really interested in buying this, or am I just like giving you information about my entire sort of criminal enterprise right now?" And right as soon as so he good. says that, John P. Ryan just gets shot. 
in the head and with like a silent pistol like it's like it's so good i love this part it's like i don't care that we don't really know what's happening all all that well (laughs) just seeing this army colonel with like his he gets shot in the head you see it's like a behind shot you see the hat fly off and him fall over and I'm like, oh god, yes. And now there's there's heavies after birth. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, that's Bond it for now. like John P. Ryan is in like the top three build actors in the film. He has like this <laughs> one scene where he's like, hey, you want to buy my tank? And then he just gets shot. shot. The head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you do get a little bit of his, uh, you know, Burt Reynolds in a car, but now he's in a military truck and just yes. <laughs> leading like mafia people off of uh, the highway. It's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, he is ramming and flipping some cars over. There's some good action details in it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then Absolutely. M- more New York that you actually don't see very often in movies. This The bridge between Staten Island and Brooklyn here where he drives across. Mm-hmm. He ditches yeah. the truck and he gets into his regular car and is on that mission to find out what I was going to say, by the way, that the, the, the one shot beat of him being like, hey, you know, it's been nice, lady, but uh, here's some cash. Take a cab. Yeah, get out of here. It's a little and he, and, he, and, he, and he steps out of the, the, the military truck and I guess he like flags a guy down. He's like, dude, your fucking like light is out or something. The guy's like, huh? And he gets right. out of his car and then he and he, he literally pulls like, a, right, right, hey, what's right. that over there? And then he goes and gets in his car and drives away in his stolen car. Oh I was God. like, what a fucking and he, he casual all in one shot. He pulls a look at look, look that way for a second and then steals a guy's car. <laughs> I great. totally forgot it was a stolen car. You watch <laughs> yeah. this enough. It starts changing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How how casual it happens, you would not believe that he's actually stealing a car. Yeah, but that's like a, just it, Bert, it, that's the magic of Burt Reynolds. It's so quick. You, I'm more leaning men now just towards give him their cars. This requires multiple viewings to fully understand Seamus. <laughs> You're right. It, Jamie, it is too deep. <laughs> I'm firing up a third time right after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, that that is what take, he takes that stolen car all the way to the original employer's mansion, deducing that, you know, he was the one who actually killed his pal Springy and where he is seeing him actually beat up the, uh, you know, the, the football brother to a pulp. He's beating him up for information about the diamonds, although which I thought was funny that he's so outraged about that. because I was like, dude, it's same move he's been pulling throughout the entire. He would also just beat the shit out of a guy for information. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We've seen very, Listen, very when, upset about this. When uh, they do it, it's bad. When I do yeah. it, it's good. <laughs> he's doing it for good reasons. Dang it. <laughs> but it does instigate a very solid uh, little sort of like tense chase scene around the property where the brother gets like brutally gunned down at one point and Bert is like running through the forest being attacked by mm-hmm. guard dogs and doing the, he, at one point he does this great big bridge leap stunt into oh. some trees and it, that looked like it fucking hurt and I found out after the fact that it was Hal Needham doing that stunt for him and so he was supposed to like land on a on a branch and then gracefully like drop himself down from there but he hit it so hard he broke the branch and <laughs> basically nearly broke his back and concussed himself yeah it uh, looks getting so that shot painful and it's 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 one of those things that you can just tell 
is just full on, you know, real and kind of accidental. I think even the first time I watched it, I went, that was not what was intended to happen at all. No, but but, but, but you also say, have to follow that rule. If it if it looks good and the guy nearly yes. died getting it, then it's the shot that stays in the movie. You got yeah, That's just that's the Which rules is, about stunts. And it's very it. funny because Reynolds. I I was curious if if you know uh, Kulik was like. Okay, well, after we got that shot, Reynolds, you really need to act like you're kind of hurt before you get into the action again. So they have him kind of like crawl around and stumble a little bit. And I couldn't tell if they were reacting to the fact that they just saw that stuntman almost kill himself because it is a wild thing to look at. Um, And uh, what is funny, too, I mean, not, you know, not funny, but just in the sense of what happened when you look at that branch it did not look thick enough to do what they were trying to do in my opinion it looked pretty and yeah, they were just trying to kill hal yeah, yeah yeah it was <laughs> it was dangerous from the get go but a while they were shot, like they I'll were like Seamus is going to be a huge hit and uh, we can't have any smoky and the bandits coming along and stealing you gotta all jump that from this wall, man. from us you know <laughs> oh dude it's crazy well, we won't have it well and it also does result in some of the weirder Sort of like action beats I've ever I mean I guess mm-hmm. they're trying to mix yeah. that like he's it's an action movie but he's you know he's he is like a sort of a bit of a grubby private detective so you know he's not like a martial artist or anything like that but some of the takedowns he does in this which is one <laughs> involves him uh you know wrapping you know his like you know shirt around his hand punching through the glass door to just like nail a dude in the yes. face yep. and then and and then when the a second really big guy tries to walk through the same door frame <laughs> he, he beats him over the head and the dick with a just like a giant <laughs> yeah. like branch or like two by four or whatever he's holding this is, and my favorite so detail is that he it, he has to do it like three or four times like the guy gets hit he yeah. stumbles back and then tries walking in again. He gets hit. He stumbles back. And it's just, it, he does it like three times where the guy, I was like, dude, just stop it walking feels through like, the door. Yeah, frame. it feels like a Three Stooges setup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I do also like that uh, the one guy that's chasing him with the gun eventually just gets punched and knocked out into water and he's just floating there. Yes. And you're like, is he dead? Is he knocked out? I don't know. Who cares? He's he's incapacitated. Move on. Bert um, has a gun, ultimately. Yeah, exactly. to know about that scene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He is armed now. The day will be saved. He needs a gun for that incredible over-the-shoulder shot of Hume uh, pulling up in his uh, rover through the property where it looks like Burt Reynolds is kind of like playing chicken with him and gets to shoot his tire out all in one shot where you're watching the car drive directly at him and he shoots it and then it crashes into the tree, which is, mm-hmm. uh, is, a, is a very cool shot and is definitely meant to be a very, like, you know, again... It's uh, it's meant to show you how casual he kind of is about this kind of stuff, including that great beat when he go, he opens up the passenger door, and you could just see the guy just like stunned that he's not getting away with it, and you, <laughs> you just have him, Burt Reynolds, just sit in the passenger seat right next to him, just grab the gun from his hand, and just like breathe a sigh of relief. He's just like, ah, oh, all right, yeah, that's over. But it still seems know? so casual. There for was him. a lot of sadistic death uh, to get us here, mm-hmm. but uh. But I saved yeah, the day. Now. Yes, all yeah. wells that ends well, and uh, the lieutenant shows up. They're, we're wrapping it up. He goes back to his apartment, and Cannon's there, right? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. which I will say, I was a little surprised at this, because this is like uh-huh. the, the moment where you would see Burt Reynolds. He gets the girl. He just, you know, he make, he, he tell, very West Side Story style. He's just like, yeah, so your brother got killed. Um, <laughs> but we should make out and, uh, right? you know, in his you know, memory, but, 
<laughs> that's right but it but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't do that it actually is like you know she he arrives back at the house and she's feeding his cat and doing his dishes and uh he apologizes you know you know very honestly to her and uh he's standing in the doorway sort of like holding his coat over his shoulder in this very sort of like shadowy kind of downbeat kind of looking frame and uh she's like i'm just gonna leave and he was just like you know are you gonna come back and she's like not right away and uh he just goes i don't want you out of my life and i was like oh yeah it's actually yeah it's kind of sweet you know and the she's, actual she, she, shot of her like leaving out of frame and her just and him just looking at the stairs kind of lonely is yeah, it's, it was surprising and stuff like that i was like Good that ending. is a weirdly mature detail yeah um and a very adult relationship that they and a kind of emotionally complex relationship where you know they clearly like each other and they they just met under these horrible circumstances that are kind of creating some distance between them and i was like that's a almost a different (laughs) movie than some of the action details we've been seeing burt reynolds do but you know sometimes that's kind of the appeal of these movies too yeah 100 percent but uh, but yeah, that was that that was Seamus. If we're moving towards the reductive rating round, this one ended up getting very solid three from me. Honestly, I was <laughs> I was quite um, pleased uh, o- overall with the fact that you know, like if someone you know, it, it's not the long goodbye. You know, <laughs> no. I, I also went into it being like it's probably not the long goodbye. I feel like more people would have <laughs> yeah, seen it if, if there was a the long, long goodbye part. with Burt Reynolds. In it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went into it being like this is going to be the sort of dirtier, more disreputable um, uh, kind of movie. But but as far as like Burt Reynolds, just you know, you get to hang out with him being just a hungover private detective pulling you know loose threads of this. Uh, inexplicable and kind of confusing confusing diamond thieving did we find the diamonds i don't even remember. I don't recall find- that hume, yeah. i think there's a line where hume says that they did recover them after i think it's when um felix the brother is tied up i think they I was still okay. stuck trying to figure out what they had to do with the gun smuggling uh, yeah, operation guess, where they sell them like used cars. I was like, I'm I was not tra- sure if diamonds could, are involved in this somehow. <laughs> I guess you take the diamonds and maybe Colonel Hardcore takes them for uh, g- guns. I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened, but I like the movie. It, it doesn't yep. matter. Burt Reynolds is in a trench coat d- delivering, you know, very charming uh, lines about hanging out with the ladies on his mattress pool table bed and hanging out with his cat, who his stray cat that he's that he's feeding and is jumping all over him. And in between those sequences of him either, you know, pulling at the thread of this conspiracy, I still don't really understand, or... Um, just sadistically torturing information about it out of someone. He is getting also involved in a bunch of stunt heavy chases and fights that are a lot of fun to a really great, uh, jazzy sort of Jerry Goldsmith, uh, score. So, you know, if you just like want to hang out with Burt Reynolds and you want to see him do uh, B tier Philip Marlowe, uh, updated with a little bit of that seventies, uh, grisliness and sexiness. Seamus, I think is a, fucking great option for you and i think it actually should probably be more seen yeah no i totally agree yeah i'm i'm gonna give it a three as well um i just i think burt reynolds is incredibly charming i do like seeing him in this kind of a a a role and every once in a while you do still get to see the uh kind of the 
um, the, the the action star that that he later becomes, I think, more so. But I mean, there's some awesome shots. That the one stunt that we've already talked about is looks insane. I mean, if you're just looking for stunt work, there are a couple scenes in here that would be worth checking out. The one where he just throws a guy across an entire room and almost hits the rooftop, and then him jumping off the stone wall into the tree is pretty wild. Um, diving through that door after saying oh, yeah. okay i'm coming out yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's there's a lot of fun to be had in this even though the plot is you know kind of ridiculous and and hard to keep track of you, you don't really care um the the sequences are still well put together i think uh kulik has a good control over the camera um especially in the action stuff so uh yeah i had a, i had a i had a great time so i'm gonna three it yeah for you eric okay yeah i think you guys uh, summed it up very well i would say three and a half for me Another half star for all that New York photography. I'm a sucker for it. So, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And it does feature an incredible introduction, of course, as we've said. Oh, yes. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to say minimum. I should have, I should have, we didn't even, that was a lot of words to be like, people are flamethrowered in the opening 20 (laughs) seconds, three stars instantly, no matter what the rest of the movie is. And then he wakes up on a pool table. Just coolest guy ever. Flamethrower killings. Come on now. Three stars at least. Flamethrowers maybe should have came back too. I would have liked to have seen. I agree. Oh, definitely. Should have been in the finale. (laughs) Burt Reynolds driving a tank. He just flamethrowers his apartment at the end. Some dude and his guard dogs with flamethrowers trying to take Burt Reynolds in a tank down. Everyone he sees, he flamethrowers. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Seamus, uh, check it out. But uh, we're going to be right back and we are going to be moving a decade later here. We're going to be talking about Eat. Stick around. I'm not going to run. I don't know how to hide. Wait a minute, guys. Now look, I'm an innocent bystander. All right, I'm just going to go. Now it's with me. Burt Reynolds, Peter McNichol. Heat. All right, we are back and we are talking Heat, the 1986 American neo-noir action thriller directed by Dick Richards and Jeremy Jameson and four other people that we can't name, but we'll talk about that. Um <laughs> It is written by William Goldman, adapted from his own 1985 novel and starring Burt Reynolds as the uh, former soldier of fortune mercenary turned Las Vegas chaperone or for hire bodyguard who alongside uh, a uh, sex worker colleague and various members of the Las Vegas Strip uh gets involved with uh the fail son of uh some organized crime italian mobsters um and he also hangs out with a meek gambler who uh very much wants to be just like burnt reynolds which is a very relatable sidekick character absolutely uh, to throw into him i also would pay to have burnt reynolds give me some lessons on this kind of stuff yeah which Um, they have those those adorable scenes but i do think they're missing him trying to grow a mustache to resemble him (laughs) that would have been great that's true yes yeah that's true. <laughs> Jamie and I went mustache mode for a little while, and I was like, dude, did we do that because of Burt Reynolds subconsciously? It was I think possible. so. You should. It I mean, possible. I actually, I started, when I grew a mustache for the first time, part of it was because of Burt Reynolds and Errol Flynn and all the great mustachioed leading men. Absolutely. He owns that look, man. <laughs> you just, you got to give it to him. 
That was one of the things we were so weirded about when we did White Lightning, because I think White Lightning might actually still be my favorite film that we've talked about of his. He's, it's but great, you, yeah. You do have to dock him points for the fact that he doesn't have a mustache. I, yeah. Um, it just, it wasn't it's alarming. There yet. It's unsettling, um, yeah. You watch some of these movies. Like, I guess Deliverance I shouldn't be is able one of them. to see that. Yeah, you know, like it's it's fucked up. I don't like looking at the upper lip. You know, yeah, it's, just, it's, pro- it's a problem. I Having it there is um, comfortable. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very comforting for sure. When it's not there, it's like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, this is, I don't trust you anymore. This isn't man. my dad. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What happened to dad, dude? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Heat comes out in 1986. It's 13 years after Seamus and after White Lightning and after a dominant decade. Of Burt Reynolds' fever that included The Longest Yard, Hustle, Smokey and the Bandit, and its sequel, The Cannonball Run, and its sequel, uh, a brief stint as director. Um, and it comes in the little bit of a uh, critical and commercial decline um, for him. Not, sure. a, not as far well, low as uh, Eric has plumbed. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the reasons, like you're, you're mentioning, like, oh yeah, Smokey and the Bandit and its sequel, but uh, and its sequel, sequel, my God, even though he's just a cameo oh, in that yeah. movie. There's Smoking the Bandit too. Part 3 is really bad. I mean, Smoking the Bandit Part, <laughs> part 2 is really bad, actually. My God. Oh, yeah. oh my God. But, I, but, 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 but he was like, noticeably, people were kind of getting a little tired of the Burt Reynolds sort of star picture. People had kind of seen the formula a little bit. And this does feel like it comes at a time when, you know, he was... You know, from what I was even reading about what he was saying about these projects, it felt like he was becoming aware of that mm-hmm. and also becoming aware of there's only so many more years I could convincingly play a character like this. And so he was deliberately trying to choose material that he kind of believed in a little bit more, um, which is where you get the Elmore Leonard adaptation stick that you were just talking about, Eric. Now, I haven't right. seen that, but is but does that have some, feel like it oh. has some more sort of like artistic credentials behind it that you can see? Well, I don't uh, The artistry might be stretching it, but <laughs> that movie's got like sort of also everything you want. Like it starts out with him being like a hobo riding the rails and he's getting into scrapes. I mean, it's... It's kind of quintessential Burt Reynolds again. I mean, he goes, he keeps going back to these things. Like even after Boogie Nights, like I said, those TNT original movies is him just like, well, it's almost 1999. Let's try to do this again. Mm -hmm. But that's, I kind of admire that he knows what he likes. He likes this kind of movie and chasing that kind of movie. Yeah, but it, it says something that he went, I'm going to go to like actual acclaimed novelists and I am going to adapt their work into and, and get, you know, like it's going to be a pulp movie and a pulp character that I like, but it's going, you know, Elmore Leonard, or in this case, Mm -hmm. again, we have, we have, you know, William, um, Goldman, which is, you know, who, who wrote the novel and the script here and was already huge deal by the time they, they would have made this. He had already won two Oscars, one for writing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the other for adapting All the President's Men, but also like, you know, having his own novels adapted into The Stepford Wives and uh, Marathon Man and soon The Princess Bride. Um, we actually last talked about him for his film, funny enough, Ghost in the Darkness. We've only talked about William Goldman's like sort of like movies he disowns. Is that, <laughs> These are horrible. Is that, is that the <laughs> tiger movie? Show. Which one is that? That is the, the African lion yes. of Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas uh, um, joint that it's like it's an adventure <laughs> horror movie that you can right. tell William Goldman wrote it 
as like, this is my Lawrence of Arabia meets Jaws, you know? <laughs> and then and then the studio went, well, Michael Douglas is producing this and has <laughs> cast himself in the role and rewritten the role to be a cooler guy. Nice. And uh, he's chosen the director of Predator 2. Uh, Stephen Hopkins to make it, so it's Mark, now a little hey, bit of a gnarlier, stupider film. Which, but I will say, quality. we had some fun with it still. Mark, you know? mark of quality, Predator, I like Predator Two. Too. Oh my yeah, god, it's good. Yeah, I gotta go and revisit that one. This movie, the first time I saw Heat, it was I think 2015. I first saw it on the big screen, which is crazy um, because I mean, Wait, it was. Hold on, repeat that. I first saw this. <laughs> In a movie theater. Back when the Alamo okay. Draft House first expanded to New York in like 2015, they had film programmers. So we, there gotcha. was a, a mystery Burt Reynolds. Sorry, I thought briefly for a second you were trying to tell us you caught this in its theatrical run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, but not that old. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, so no, not in the original theatrical run. You're just a hip New Yorker. I'm Well, yeah, a, a hip experience. New Yorker that went down to the Yonkers uh, Alamo, and if you know New York, you'll understand why that's not that hip. But yeah, I went to the Yonkers Alamo Draft House for a Burt Reynolds. Did you order any food and get it delivered to you while you were watching Burt Reynolds? Oh yeah, yeah. We I watched five Burt Reynolds, <laughs> Burt Reynolds movies in one sitting at that, uh, and this was oh one in the God, middle. What a magical day! Yeah, it was a. It, I keep chasing that dude. I keep <laughs> thinking about that day. I keep thinking about that day. I. It was dude, a great. That's a dragon you'll never capture again, man. Yes, My God. Gator was included. If you're wondering, um, but. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great day. Um, my God, I don't, I'll never have another good day like that again. But this movie kind of blew me away during that because I really enjoyed all these elements. And maybe it's because of all those directors coming in and going. You kind of don't know what's... It, 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 it's a little uneven, but it becomes like a hangout movie for a while. And I really yes. like that. And then it becomes the Burt Reynolds. Kind of like four or five different movies. Yes. You, you know. get everything pick, you pick want. Pick and choose which one you exactly. want. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of there for the hangout movie and then for the Burt Reynolds as Batman at the ending. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and part of that is you can tell that like, you know, I, I haven't read the book, but I've, I've heard that actually the movie is not like totally unfaithful i mean it, i guess it is goldman writing the script as well so it's just like you know and and, and bert was obviously attracted to this um but it did go through a ton of um sort of production troubles N not entirely dissimilar to what we talked about with ghost in the darkness and michael douglas just as the producer just being like this is going to be you know a completely different thing and, and this was very much like burt reynolds was making this but he believed in the material and he really wanted to work with robert altman and actually robert altman really wanted to work with burt reynolds too the director of the long goodbye mccabe miss miller you know all these films um because he it, saw it, the it, superior seamus that's, That's right. right. He was like, dude, who made the better <laughs> Philip yeah. Marlowe movie in 1973? I need to get that guy on the phone. Uh, <laughs> um, and and well, and he really did like Burt Reynolds. Like that's he cameos in the player eventually for a reason. Like Altman did like him and wanted to work with him, and they really thought this was going to be the thing that was going to get them together. And so everything was like lining up for this to be like a top tier sort of 80s crime film. And uh, and you again, you can tell Reynolds was in like a mode where like he wanted to rescue his sort of artistic credentials a little bit. Um, but Altman, I guess, had creative differences with Goldman and then eventually tapped out when he couldn't get the cinematographer that he wanted, uh, I guess, because he was a Canadian cinematographer and the U.S. wouldn't give him a visa to shoot in Las Vegas. So he was like, <laughs> well, 
I'm not shooting this in like a Canadian fucking studio. I wanted to shoot this in Vegas, so I'm not making this anymore. And so that's when he was replaced by Dick Richards, um, who had done the first Robert Mitchum take on, you fucking guess it, Philip Marlowe. Oh. Um, Farewell, My Lovely in 1975. There's so many fucking Marlowe connections going on um, in, in this one today. And um, regardless, but by all accounts that you can find online, Richards did not get along with Burt Reynolds, <laughs> which is a problem yeah. when you're trying to make a Burt Reynolds movie that he's functionally almost producing. Jaw-droppingly um, so, did not. <laughs> yes, eagle, eagle-eared eagle viewers um, or listeners, <laughs> I'm just mi- mixing up all the different metaphors there, uh, will we'll catch Eric's reference that Burt Reynolds did in fact sock Dick Richards in the face so hard that he broke his jaw over creative differences on the film. That's a fucking movie star. All <laughs> that right? is a movie yeah. star. Where are the movie stars? What Thank happened? You. And I, I think he said in an interview, he, he said, uh, I spent $500,000 for that punch. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he got what a sued. Uh, sued the pants <laughs> off of him. Um, and obviously also quit. Although the one thing I'll say about this too. So Dick Richards quit the film after that, after directing, uh, I think that the eventual investigation into how much of the film he directed, the guild deemed him as directing 41% of the movie, which is weirdly specific, but I guess based on the amount of like footage that actually makes it into the movie, that's what, that's what they deemed it. That's what, so that's why he has the official credit. Um, but Dick Richards would also never make another movie again. So Burt Reynolds, you can say, literally punched a dude into retirement. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, he does. I think I later on he also said, uh, if I hit a guy, it's certain that he will later run a studio or become oh, a yeah, huge he, director. He, he punched Joel Silver, yeah, uh, right. apparently, too. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. The magic punch, Joel Silver baby. probably deserved it. <laughs> Great movies, though. Um, and but so then I think so from what I understand, it was the TV director, Jerry Jameson. That's when he steps in. And he was a guy who had been doing at the time some episodes of Magnum P.I. or something mm. like that. Um, and, th- and then uh, Goldman also says there was four other directors. Nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about. Um, there's no other than him claiming it in his book. I don't think there's any other person who claims that there was that many directors, but I also don't really know why he'd lie about it. Um, maybe people came and left even before they started shooting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if you claim Altman as getting involved in pre-production, yeah. you already have three, but you know, it's just like, do we really think there were like seven or six directors? No one's exactly sure. Regardless, the end result is a little bit of a mess. <laughs> um, especially in how much it tries to shift what type of movie it is like in a very sort of like loosely strung together scene by scene kind of basis. But I yeah. will say an um, impressively not as much of a mess as you would think for a movie that supposedly had six directors. It, it right. actually does kind of hold together just as much as probably Seamus does. Yeah. yeah. It strangely t- changes tone based on the character that he's interacting with, which is interesting. Yeah. It's like he doesn't change much as a character, but just the way that you're watching the film does. Like, obviously, they have the buddy-buddy thing with the gambler. But then when you're dealing with Holly, his uh, prostitute friend, that's obviously a lot more harrowing. Um, so, yeah, it kind of and, and, and even the scenes alone are kind of like just like a fading sort of like tough guy. Yeah. 70s mm-hmm. crime movie. There's a little bit of like a sad sort of like gambling addiction. Um section of the film which might even be my favorite section yes. um, of the film with his <laughs> relationship with the with the dealer at the table there's just kind of a weird amount of like actual character and history it feels um, lived in that like, moment. like they made vegas feel like 
a place, which is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then the last third, they were like, okay, well, you know, we've done, we've already given you like three or four different kinds of movies. You can kind of choose which one you were the most into. Now, what if it was also like the kind of movie that like Charles Bronson or Chuck Norris might have started and had a <laughs> Canon logo on it during the final third of the movie or yeah. so? Um, which is just, you know, very, it, it, it's a, it's a little bit sloppy and a little bit like, kind of like crazy violent all of a sudden, <laughs> Let me tell but you it, it is one of those things where there's enough glimpses throughout of like the talent that was here, but the overall movie is less trashy than that sounds like you can kind of see the classier downbeat like Christmas neo-noir in this. You can see the like sort of like tough guy Western where Burt Reynolds kind of owns the Vegas strip. Like he's the moral cowboy who's got a code who pulverizes the bad guys who hurts all of his friends. And, Mm -hmm. but then you just get those weird details where it's like, he's really only into edged weapons and he like (laughs) sharpens the edges of his credit cards to fuck people up. You know, the laughs gangster. the laughs and the applauses and of the packed theater I saw this in for the first time. <laughs> when he kicked at the end. When he I kicked, need that experience yes. with this movie. I feel like that oh, would yeah. take this movie to the next level for me. <laughs> Dude, like the, it was electricity in the air and it was electricity in the air when he kicked, he kicks that light bulb out at the end and sets a guy on fire with the, with it. And oh, I, I've not experienced the theater like that in a while. And that was such a magical moment. Everyone loved it. That's truly one of the best things I've seen. Like I, I, I loved that that shot. Yes. It was so unexpected. It's so over the top it's compared shocking. to everything else that's in the movie. It, it, it's, uh, it, it's incredible. Yeah, and even yeah. like and, even and and, and and to do a scene like that where you're you feel like Burt Reynolds is just like really violently annihilating guys who feel like they would be in like a late Death Wish movie or something <laughs> like that. It's just so funny to have scenes like that, but then also have like these like genuine sort of like relaxed sort of like weary kind of wistfulness to it like there's a little bit of sadness there's a little bit of like yeah. just like that 70s sort of character piece where it's like you know burt reynolds is clearly you know dealing with what this kind of guy is like when he's at this age and he's kind of had enough and he wants out and it's just it's so interesting to have both of those movies just like flip on a dime every every so often i i got I, whiplash i'll be honest tonally Right from the opening, which yeah, I thought it has like say. a really strange sort of like cold open where Bert, you know, he's immediately oh, yes. he's playing with his persona a little bit where he's like he's coming on super aggressive yes. and creepy to a woman named Dee Dee at a at a Vegas bar. And it's not charming at all. Yeah, it's it like feels just like domineering and kind of gross. It is. It, it feels like the Reynolds that forgot how to do it. And it's, it's like long years past and, and he just can't quite get the riz that he used to have, you know, <laughs> and uh, I do think that I, I think Even though it's he's cool. playing Barry Manilow on the jukebox. It's not working, man. Yeah, yeah it's just. Be- begrudgingly he's like i'll play manila yeah yeah dance with me but then they're they're also doing these um uh going they're they're cutting back and forth between that and then uh holly going like being dumped on a dirt road uh just completely beaten up and sexually assaulted and um going back again going back to the bar where he's like trying to charm this woman but not doing it very well 
um, cutting yeah, back just, to Holly kind of in the hospital vibes. again. Like, like, like the fact that you're watching this harrowing sequence yeah. of this woman just being like assaulted, including we'll talk about it, but like having a having a gun put inside of her, which luckily yeah. is only described in dialogue. We don't actually see any of this um, sequence and nearly beaten to death and thrown from the cars and, you know, needing to go to the hospital and everything. And then just showing you that and being like, oh, God, I don't want to see go back to Burt Reynolds. And then it goes to Burt Reynolds. And you're like, no, go back to the other thing. Yes, like he's yeah. he's he's Aggressive. absolutely. Yeah, he's so creepy. And just it's such a disaster of a pickup scene, which we later find out is like the point of the scene, obviously, yes. where we, we find out that he's been hired by this dorky dude in a hairpiece uh, named uh, Osgood, which I, I will say is a lot of people have pointed this out. It's a weird scene that Burt Reynolds really <laughs> just annihilates this dude for wearing a hairpiece. <laughs> it is rough, <laughs> you know? man. It, but, but this is part of that charm because you wouldn't really necessarily see any of the stuff we described so far in a movie today of him just like calling this guy a pitiful putz. I think he eventually says a gay slur at him and they're getting into yeah. this fight over the fact that he's demanding to dance with this guy's girlfriend. It is uncomfortable. You don't know what, you don't know what to make of it. And that's, what's mm -hmm. very compelling about this sequence for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and which also this, this drunken fight that it makes the, the dorky guy look cool that he yes. gets to beat the shit out of Burt Reynolds and like a piece of staging. It's all a ploy because he wants the girl to marry him and move to Atlantic City with him and like watching him beat the shit out of Burt Reynolds, I mm -hmm. guess is going to do that. I guess him. so. Yeah. You know, so yeah. He's, he's been, <laughs> it's weird. He's like setting up a total manipulation for this guy and his girlfriend. Uh, he, you know that he's doing it to get paid Such and he feels complicated <laughs> about it. But yeah, yeah, like he's he right away. The complicated is the word. It's just like this. This character seems kind of aimless besides just trying to survive. I guess and very at this point. ugly and mean in a yeah. way that like yeah. Burt Reynolds is like I, that's not what I like. He can be a tough character. I've never found him like that. Just kind of just just gross like swarmy and ugly yeah. And yeah just you know and 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 you can tell that he's doing it deliberately um because he wants to throw the audience off and then and then he settles into his actual character who's like oh don't worry folks i was just putting on a little bit of a show for i'm showing my you know i'm showing my range you mm -hmm. know but i'm actually nice old burt reynolds in this case he's playing nick uh mex is he supposed to, I, I was trying to figure is he supposed to be Mexican yes I, be, uh, I believe he's es, his last name's Escalante so I was like I, I guess I so. think he's um, supposed to be loosely Mexican and so okay, okay. and and uh so we'll ignore that part um <laughs> but his name's Nick and he's a cool guy who who lives in in Vegas and is gonna help his friend Holly who just got abused uh hunt down these men and um you know, help her get their nuts in, in her hand uh, is what how she frames it. <laughs> um, so it's a fairly sleazy premise and a fairly sort of sleazy opening to the film. Um, but it slowly kind of peels back to be a little bit of an older, kind of wearier, downbeat sort of Burt role and, and performance with like a little bit of that like sort of like witty, pulpy, tough guy, but like also sad loser energy. I kind of associate a little bit with like Shane Black. That's kind of the character sure. that he's playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and wh where he's this guy who takes on these little mercenary jobs along the Vegas Strip 
because he's trying to save up a few thousand bucks so that he can run away to Venice, which we can tell by all the tacky travel posters he has hanging up in, uh, in his office of Venice. Which, which is like, that's a funny detail. I don't know why, but like <laughs> moving to Venice, Italy, and it's like, then what? At least Osgood was moving to Atlantic City, and it's like, well, that's kind of similar to Vegas. He probably works at a casino. Mm-hmm. Just, just Venice is just, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful, but... I couldn't. Burt Reynolds in Venice. It just seems weird. It seems wrong. Kind of the idea of Venice uh, is seemed more appealing well, to him, which I, which I, which, which I kind of found cute because there's actually a moment later on where he has to take the posters down. Yes. And I kind of felt sad for him a little bit. Yeah, yeah like, there is a these, there is a really of Venice of all these guys. You know? There <laughs> is a really sad shot of him just drinking his face off next to the rolled up posters on his bed, and it seems like that's the only thing he really had was yeah. those posters. He, it just feels like he's those are his uh, cherished items. Sounds and like. I really Sounds like, like me shot. when I was moving. Yeah, with the movie posters. <laughs> yeah. when, when I was moving, I had all my posters on the bed, and I was drinking my face off. Yeah, that straight vodka. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too. Like I know this is the the very end, but we're just bringing up his kind of his 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 dream of of Venice is when he when you do get the shot of him, you know, just kind of like casually floating along on one of the uh, one of the boats um he doesn't seem all that thrilled to be honest he's kind of just <laughs> like okay i'm here now fucking now what jesus you know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't say that or heavily imply it but he's not giving the most like i'm on i'm in my my dreamscape right now because no, you know? because that because you know what there's a relaxing quality to to this performance yes this character yes. that he's kind of totally. trying to play up a little bit like like when that guy comes in and is like dude the ploy worked like here's here's the money i owe you and he's like that's not the money we agreed on which is a little bit of a fake out because you're like oh is he trying to like underpay him he's mm-hmm. actually trying to give him a 200 dollar tip right and he was like don't tip me 200 dollars. you know and pay me what we agreed on keep your money yeah don't you know? tip and me the- and it's it's a nice scene here with him and osgood of showing like oh like everyone actually likes nick and it was all a thing like we said to get his girl to move to atlantic city but it really seems like he did this guy a solid and then did a psalm again by by saying no i don't tip me keep that 200 yeah bring it yeah. to atlantic city kind of thing yeah, he's he's, he's and, genuinely all about and, and we'll and we'll talk about this as we as we kind of um get into it um overall but there's something so interesting about the way that this depicts the sort of like various friends he has over the Vegas nightlife who are all just like kind of trying to make a living and he, they genuinely do like him and he likes them. Yeah. He wants to help all of these various people from the sex workers to the casino employees. And, and they all kind of view him as like a little bit of like a very kind drunken uncle. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's one safety day, you with know, him. We're of. happy to hang out with you. We like you. Uh, we're happy to hire you. You're good at your job. Um, one day we hope that you, you know, get your shit together and save up all the money that you're hoping to save up because we do find out too that that $300 is the only $300 he has in his pocket. And that's part of the 100,000 he needs to get away to Venice. He's like, all right, my savings starts now at the age of 53. I'm <laughs> saving up for my, for my thing. That <laughs> yeah. I'm about hey, to average, time to start that savings account. A- yeah. a- average American, average American. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere. And, and he works out of his, like his attorney friend's office beneath a dance studio. And he, he has a number in the yellow pages for people who just like anyone who needs, um, uh, you know, mercenary handiwork <laughs> around the Vegas yeah, strip. Do you need someone that, Escalante. Do you need someone that knows edged weapons? Then, <laughs> Uh, I do call 
Nick Escalante, a.k.a. Well, and you know what? That's exactly what happens to him. This guy named Cyrus Finnick, played by Peter McNichol uh, from Ghostbusters 2. This... I one. thought he yeah. was good in this. I, I I find a lot of his comedy work to be kind of annoying, and I thought he was charming in this role. Yeah, and he is. It seems like him and Burt got along because Burt Reynolds, and now I need to, this is what, I should add this to my list. He has a small role or a cameo in Bean, the Mr. Bean movie. Oh, okay. Where oh, Peter McNichol is... You know, he's forced, Mr. Bean is forced upon Peter McNichol in Los Angeles in that film. You know, I could see that role for him. I could see Peter McNichol just reacting to Mr. Bean's antics and being like, <laughs> what, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole, the, the fucking turkey on his head. You, got, you guys have not seen Bean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I've seen clips of Bean. I'm shocked. Unfortunately. I do like Mr. Bean though. Although yeah. I, I I I feel like I made my parents take me to see Mr. Bean's Holiday whenever that oh, came out in theaters. Okay, so that yeah, so <laughs> that he that 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 quelled it then. But uh, and I just saw him in something recently too. I can't remember what. Oh, it was Never Say Never Again when he's hanging out with Sean Connery. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I was like, what have I just seen Rowan Atkinson in recently? That was what it was. I think that, that was the, the that I was missed. playing on a print, so you know I had to roll it because that's the, like, the older the, one, right? Where he comes back. Yes, I think so. Right? Okay, yes. that's the one at Sean Connery. It's the that remake I of Thunderball due to all kinds of rights reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. And James Bond should not be playing 80s arcade video games. That's just oh, my right. opinion. That's just so <laughs> <laughs> it's not, some, it's not, not something cool. that James Bond does. <laughs> All right. After yeah. this round of Gallagher, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll settle <laughs> he this. He functionally does that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get too long about fucking never say never again in my Bond watching that I'm doing right now, Peter McNichol is playing in this film. He's playing a very timid rich kid who wants protection um, during his time gambling in, in, in Vegas. And so he wants kind of like a tough guy tour guide so he can kind of explore that lifestyle a little bit. And this is a character who, when he was first introduced, I was like, oh, no. I was like, this is a character that should be an annoying yeah. punchline of a character. And if he, if he was included in like a Steven Seagal movie or like a Chuck Norris movie or something, absolutely, we would cut back to the story and just be like, look at this fucking dork. Yeah, you know, and I think that, that that would be the way that this role is played. That would be the way that it's written. But in here, his dream of being like a cool, tough guy who's like not bullied anymore is actually taken kind of emotionally yeah, seriously it, for him as a character. It gives and it him and the and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and there's chemistry between them. Like it, it's kind of cute and charismatic to watch these two guys just be like. And he's like, look, I'm don't look like Burt Reynolds. But I kind of like to be like Burt Reynolds, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and and it's it's a great entry point for anyone who's watching a movie because we've all been there, you know. Right. I and, think I think it also helps that, you know, the movie surrounding his character is also quite, you know, sad and grounded, at least a lot of the time. So um, when he is being his really kind of dorky self, I, it, it's not nearly as annoying as it would be in something like a Seagal movie when everything has to be cool and heightened because it's Seagal. You know, I think that would be just, it's, it's like an overstimulant on the senses. It's just too much. Um, and I think that he kind of has a good, his, his energy brings a balance to Bert's like very laid back kind of relaxed empathy 
yeah, uh, kind I, of I just feel like another like, macho action star would not be kind to this character. Right. <laughs> like sure, to that sure. point, like something like <laughs> on like a scene by scene basis. Yeah, like, totally. Like Rob <laughs> Schneider in Judge Dredd or in Knockoff with Van Damme. Yeah. It would just yes. be an annoying character that yeah. is a punchline. Because it's like, yeah, you could see that. You could heighten this character to the point of which you just want to kill him. You know, but right. it's 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 more subtle and it's got that heart to it. And you kind of you're rooting for this kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and it is an unexpected thing to to feel as as the film goes on, because I initially was just calling him his dorky friend, like Bert's dorky friend. I didn't even <laughs> bother because I is, thought like, he was going like, to become like that character. Functionally in the movie, like most like a good portion of this movie is Burt Reynolds escorting like a nerdy sidekick around and teaching mm-hmm. him the ropes of such a you know, a tough, glamorous town. Like he's in like a goofy buddy movie. I did really like that funny moment that kind of sums up his relationship with the strip, which is that woman pulling up in the red convertible and being like, hey, you guys want a blowjob? And he's like, oh, hi, Kathy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know? This is a fun city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so he's he's doing stuff like that. And I do like that moment too when he asks him to list his qualifications for the job. And Burt Reynolds is like, you know, well, I've been knocked down. I've been blown up. I've been, you know, lied to shit on shot at i'm not a virgin except in my heart and nothing much surprises me anymore except for what people do to each other he sounds like rasputin yeah (laughs) it's true but but you can also see like i don't know there's something in bert's performance where i'm like dude he probably has been through all that shit he's like i've done i i've i've been around the block kid you know and i can certainly show it to you but it's not it's not as glamorous or and as cool as you probably um, think it is, which is also true because of the other subplot, which is when he's not escorting this nerdy sidekick around, he's looking into these ruthless, sadistic sort of like mob criminals that genuinely do feel like out of a Death Wish sequel. I was thinking yeah. specifically of the one where Michael Parks is the bad. I don't remember which one that is. The one where Michael <laughs> Parks is the bad guy. That's the Death Wish I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like and, Eddie, Eddie, I think it's four or five. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie finds out that it's all this dude named Danny DeMarco, which is a shithead fucking name played by Neil Barry. who's <laughs> this very snotty, spoiled fail son yes. perpetually wearing a bathrobe whose dad is, I guess, involved in like the Italian mob and has some high up sort of like vice connections. But those are the kind of two central threads of the early goings of the movie is nerdy sidekick hangout movie, ruthless, sadistic mob. Uh, sort of like, I guess, more like a punishment movie. He's kind of just getting revenge for his friend, but he's not killing anyone. He's kind of just being like, you know, uh, you should just pay for her fucking medical yes. bills. Yeah, until he's violent you know, warnings. <laughs> until he's pushed too far, you know. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I, I do think but, it's funny that like the horrible story that she tells is not fu- too far. Yeah. And what's too far is what happens later. But I like the, it's, you know, what, what, what then kicks off is like he's impersonating a pimp and he's going to go over and... That jacket's fucking sick. Oh, and my the bling? God. Come on now. It's, yeah, the, 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 that gold the, the chain. tacky fucking pimp outfit he has on. <laughs> and I love that he actually uses the gold chain as a weapon at one point. He takes it off and throws it at Daniel or whoever the, the little shit so mobster good. kid is and um so and, and knocks him back and like puts him into his desk and stuff. It's very I funny. also love his large Italian henchmen who I guess apparently were like actual NFL players at the time. I didn't look yeah. up exactly which ones that they were, but they're they, huge. you could tell just by looking at them. When the one dude opens the, the, the sweet door of the hotel where you know, Bert's about to confront them all. He's holding a giant chicken leg and he appears to be incredibly annoyed to have been distracted from the Charlie <laughs> Chaplin film that he was watching, which I was like, what the fuck is that? detail?" Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's public domain. We always watch public domain movies at night. <laughs> 
I do exactly really like um, also Burt Reynolds' performance in this right before when she's telling him about things. He's got that like relaxed quality, but very still empathetic. But still, he, he's he's held back because like she starts going into those details, like you were referring to the gun earlier on and everything like that. And he has lines where he's like, "Okay, I wanted to know, but I didn't want to hear it that much." Um, yeah. But yeah. there's so he and I think it implies too well, that he's he, known her for he, a long time, yeah, like since she was that's young. That's what it is. And he, so he he's has like, this, I see you as like a little girl next door. Yeah, you know, I don't want to hear you being a sex worker on the Vegas Strip, hanging out with mobsters. You know, like right. But there's still um, what I love is the other implication is when he's like, just don't count on me, and she says liar. So it's just you know obviously implied that he's helped Everybody her a bunch knows. of times and is known for helping yeah. all all of these people. So he's you a know. sweet guy. Yeah, he's just a sweet. The, uh, uh, the tough exterior. Yeah. <laughs> right. Saint. Big, big old. <laughs> He's a uh, peach of a guy, I'd say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what That's so. That, what a ridiculous <laughs> conversation that they have. Right, that tense those, conversation the, with Daniel, the uh, mobster kid, and Bert, the pimp, and he's paying an up compliment of he's a peach of a guy. <laughs> yeah, because he pulls a gun on him and he's just like, look, like now you have to tell me what I want to hear. You need to tell me how much you like me and how much you respect yeah, me. Yeah, tell me he's like, my good you're qualities. A, you're a swell fella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it rocks. And, you know, it's just seething between his teeth. Yeah, you're a uh, peach of a guy. I love it. Dude. <laughs> the, 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 the best piece of writing in, in the whole thing, because he's, he's telling him that he needs to pay for these medical bills and, you know, he disrespected his friend and, you know, the guy's, you know, the kid's being a shithead. He's like, you know, can't disrespect a whore and what are you, her pimp or something? Like, you know, he's being an asshole. And um, at a certain point he says, do you know who you like you're talking to? Like, are, 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 were you, are you from Mars or something? And he's, and, and so Burt Reynolds goes, no, I'm not from Mars. I'm a U.S. citizen. And he pulls out his American Express and his visa. And I was <laughs> yes. like, why would, why is he, why is this dialogue in the movie? I don't understand but why this I'll is, like, why are they setting this up? Because, Which, you know, he uses the credit card to <laughs> slash someone's face. I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> I but couldn't figure this out either, but it reminded me of uh, Dolph Lundgren in that John Woo movie we talked about of his, where he's the throwing deck cards. Oh, yeah. Like it's Blackjack. Blackjack, and he, you know, I think. Yeah. He literally uses the credit card. He slashes a dude's face open with one and then uses the other one as like a throwing star. And he kicks <laughs> some dude's leg in, into an impossible blood. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, oh, yeah the bone is like <laughs> sticking out and everything. It's oh. one of the rare kind of gorier moments, which is it was kind of weird, to be honest. Yeah, it <laughs> followed by what is some of the most awkward kicking choreography in terms of like being shot to hide the fact that like Burt Reynolds, 50 whatever year old Burt Reynolds is like not Sonny Chiba or Jackie Chan. So it's these weird like <laughs> kicking, really close up kicking shots, but also thrown in with these like weird sort of like freezing and glitching moments where he's like slow-mo breaking their legs and fa and he also hits a dude in the testicles too. Yes. Feet. Very dangerous feet. Has, has Burt Reynolds ever done like I feel like I haven't seen him do like kicking stuff in a movie, like no, John Claude styles of kicking of people. I was trying to figure out why they felt like at fifty five, <laughs> this is the time that Burt Reynolds is going to get into Jean Claude kicking. Well, yeah. I was like, I don't, you, you know, you gotta you gotta follow what's popular. It's the it's the 80s, they had to come up baby. with some creative choices shooting wise in order to sell that. <laughs> <laughs> some fun ones though, I will say. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's a blast. 
And 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 also, uh, I do like the moment when he invites Holly up after he kicks the shit out of all of them, and uh, she gets to threaten to cut the dude's dick off with garden shears, mm-hmm. and, uh, which actually becomes a very important part of the plot. Which very I was important <laughs> plot detail. By. Love that it. She does. She doesn't cut it off. She just nicks the tip yeah. a little bit with the garden shears. <laughs> you, you might think, is that coming back? Well, absolutely, it will. Oh yes, <laughs> just like the credit cards, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh edged, my God. edged objects uh-huh. uh, in the film, and 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 they and they also do hustle him out of uh, twenty thousand dollars. Which I will say though, again, Burt Reynolds, nice guy. He doesn't. He tries to not even take his half mm-hmm. to take the ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know, which is just he's just like you get away honey you know yeah you can you can have all that money have i have a new life shit. what a peach of a guy absolutely yep. but she uh does give him the ten thousand dollars which she has to do by handing to a guy uh as she's driving away and says just give this to burt reynolds so he eventually takes it but what does he do with that ten thousand dollars he enters maybe my favorite section of the film he hits the casino oh it's yeah. so good it's, well at first you get, which is, you get a little bit of that moody sax and that's yeah. right. And he has a little kind bit of, of vodka. And then, yes, the casino, the casino part starts. Because, yeah, there are oh. a couple moments where they take the time to just kind of walk the Vegas strip. And I do like the way they. It a is lot cool of the, location shooting. Yeah. A lot of yeah. the time they put the camera kind of on a like a, a medium heightened roof and you, you can kind of see him walking from uh, an upper angle. And you just you see a lot of the strip as he's doing it. It's pretty cool. I like that one, too, when they're on top of the building and you can actually see the skyline and all yes. the neon signs and stuff. Yeah. Like, if, like if you, if you just want to see Burt Reynolds sort of like staring out at the Vegas strip, but in like a melancholy way. It's a very know? good <laughs> Vegas movie. On We Ate Movies, we're, we just covered Leprechaun 3. Let's go. Oh, <sighs> one of the best Vegas movies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Oddly enough. You know, I would have killed for some on-location shooting and that instead of like Los, Los Angeles strip malls being like a Ramada in Los Angeles posing. It's been a long time since we covered that. Does, does he fight an Elvis impersonator in that? He meets one and they get along. He meets one. They get along. Oh, they get along. I was kind of misremembering. Fast friends. Projecting some violence onto that. That wasn't, that would have been a fun movie. You know, it would have been nice. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to disparage Leprechaun three. It's got its charms, but I like this. It's got its what? Yeah. Lucky charms. Oh, there we go. Set him up. Set him up. But uh, yeah, so he, 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 Bert hanging out on the Vegas Strip, the real location shooting, the jazzy, you know, saxophone playing. There's some good vibes here. And, and it, it's welcome vibes because it does kind of, it, it, it feels like after that high point of uh, nearly shearing off some penises and slicing some <laughs> faces with credit cards that uh, he is going to go back to this sort of like downbeat, you know, more Elmore Leonard, William Goldman, you know, kind of gritty 70s kind of character piece. And it sets up this very long sequence that I was kind of surprised about how long it was because the movie just literally forgets about the sadistic gangster revenge movie that it very explicitly and extremely set up. (laughs) Um, I don't even I didn't even count for how long, but it's got to be at least like 20 minutes. At least. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. It's a big detour. It's great. It's maybe my favorite section. It it feels like the one the section of the movie that would have survived the Altman version of the movie. (laughs) It's what it feels like where it's it's all about his knowing relationship with like this sort of like blackjack dealer. It's a very interesting 
um, scene where you kind of get this history of how long he's been there for and how she doesn't want to deal him in because she's like, you know, I've seen you lose money. And she even says, you know, I've lost friends dealing them and I don't want to lose you as a friend. Like, don't make me fucking deal you in. And revealing that he's, you know, he's a bit of a gambling addict and it's maybe why he doesn't have any of the savings that he's been looking for this whole time. But she catches him on a night where he hits a stroke of luck due to all of these, all these good deeds that he's been doing around the Vegas Strip. That's right. You know, he's been, he's been touched by the force of God on his shoulder, which he even like describes a little bit. He's like, I feel something right here. I'm feeling lucky. And the movie and, makes Blackjack look compelling and you get this, this winning yes. streak and he's going, he starts with 10,000, eventually gets to $100,000 in chips. It's wild. Yep, he, 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 he wins all of the money he's talked about that he wants to win. He also hangs out a little bit more with his new gambling nerd friend, sort of Cyrus, who's there on, on the side. And the, he talks a little bit about this thing that he wants to do um, and, and you know, his, his feelings about this place. And then he goes back to the table. Right, because he needs... Like, you have your $100,000. But you I know, need what are you fuck doing? you money, too. I need even more. And it's just nothing would ever be enough. This self-destructive nature of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially, too, when he bets it all on the one hand. Yeah. like 100000 on one and hand. He was doing like, so, and, and you... <laughs> he was doing so well in all these hangout sequences of just playing the cards. It's like, oh, this guy's about this one dealer they brought in is going to win eventually. Let me start betting five dollars. He's playing it very well. And then at the end, he's just like strategically. The, the, yeah, yeah the, the, the fucking casino floor manager yeah. is getting pissed he's, and fucking replacing dealers on him. He's got a real strategy know? going. And then he's just like at the end of it, he's just like, fuck it. Fuck everything. Fuck everything. Yeah. 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 And, and I, and I, and part of it is too, that like, I was trying to figure out, like, is it a little bit of like a fear that, cause he mentions too, that, you know, after five years in Venice, if you ran out of money, he wouldn't know what to do after that. So there's like a little, a little bit of fear of like, he wouldn't know what to do outside of this place that he's really comfortable in. And subconsciously, maybe he really likes these people and he likes his life here. Um, but also he's just a bit of a self-destructive, um, addict and i will say my favorite detail is that single tear on his dealer friend's face mm -hmm. oh when yeah he loses all of that money and just bert's very casual response of i walked in with ten thousand dollars and i lost ten thousand dollars that's my view of it you know yeah. i didn't have one hundred thousand dollars and like all the money i wanted to escape this place i don't view it as losing even, that he even kind of does like a smirk and a wink as he leaves the table as if it's like it was inevitable you know yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very charmingly sad and like relaxed stretch of the movie that yeah. uh, I was really, really taken with. And it was very sort of like character driven. You really got to kind of know this character. And it was also the part of the movie where I realized finally that it was a Christmas. I'd heard people say Christmas <laughs> in dialogue. It wasn't until he saw the like Christmas casino, uh, you know, sort of like so stage song that they were putting on that I went, oh, yeah, this is like a very melancholy Christmas movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm watching it right now, and they do have like uh, decorations in the background and everything, and yeah. even in offices and stuff like that. So yeah, hell of a Christmas film. You've heard it here. That's right. Um, That's Shane, I also Shane Black again, baby. You're right. It is yeah, also total a scene. Black. <laughs> it is also a scene that you get um, one of the first glimpses of him being kind of. It's not like cruel, but it's it's just because she's already told him. You know, I don't want to lose you as a friend. I'm seeing the self destruction uh, like in front of me, kind of thing. And he does it anyway, causing her to, you know, become very emotional and sad about just what he's lost. Um, it's one of the 
the lesser empathetic moments of his character, but it's it's good because it's it's just showing where that self destruction comes from. But yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah. Then he gets breakfast with Peter McNichol, Cyrus, and he's going to teach him to be a tough guy. So they have a sparring sequence here. Yes. Well, because I was going to say, because <laughs> that's followed by like the sort of like lonely sort of sax walk right, on the Vegas yeah. Strip and him drinking at the strip club after losing all of his money. And that's when Cyrus goes to him and makes his appeal where he's just like, look, I will give you all the money that you need to leave. And he actually even says like in the form of he confirms that like. I will buy you your tickets and I will give you regular installments that can only be drawn from the Venice bank so that, you know, he's not giving him the cash cause he's going to go fucking lose the cash in a casino. But he's like, look, I will fund you living your dream. If you help me do this thing, which is in a kind of sad scene between the two of them where he's just like, look, I'm just, I'm weak and I get fucking picked on and I want to learn to not just be tougher. I want to learn to be braver. Right. You know? Yeah. And and I not be a pushover. Have that Burt swagger and presence in a room. Be the guy who wears a leather jacket instead of a <laughs> yes. Brooks Brothers suit. And, you know? and here's how you teach him. You you hit him in the nose and he's like, Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Does it really? Does it really hurt? Think about it. Yeah. You really exactly. Hurt? You Make really him a hurt? man. Pain pain is your friend. Exactly. You know? Yep. He gives him a crash course in bravery, as as he as he puts it, which is meant to be like this funny little sort of like Western noir sort of like buddy thing that they're they're putting on. And I like too that they, they try to put some more like sort of serious detail into it. Like there is like a line that feels like it's from like the William Goldman novel where he's like, Is violence in your nature? And Burt Reynolds is like, No. I'm just good at it. Yeah. You know? He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, it's not cool and it's not something that's natural. But it's it is kind of cool. I, <laughs> it's something, it's something that I just do for money. It's kind of very um, cool, but it's kind of, it's fucking very, awesome. it, it is really cool though. And it's, it's so funny to do something like that and have like, like that's from, that's a line from a way more serious movie that yeah, is considering yeah. the sort of the, the nature of violent men. And then he'll, you know, he, he, when he sits him down to actually have his lesson on it, he's like, when you know, there's going to be violence, you see it in their eyes. And where do you strike first? Like, intellectually or philosophically speaking. And he's like, intellectually, philosophically, the nuts are good. As he's like writing this down in like his notebook and stuff like that. And so <laughs> oh man. Can't it just gives him some poolside like Rocky punching lessons and lets him sit on his sit in on his conversation about the Italian gangster kid like coming to to kill him and all of that who tattles on him to the mob boss baby who's like mediating a meeting where yeah. he asks for permission to kill Nick. Yeah. And yeah. Just, it sounds like he's <laughs> a, a great scene. He's like a different mobster and he knows the father. It doesn't seem like it's complete. Like the, his father doesn't DeMarco. Danny he's DeMarco. like, I know this kid's a shithead, but yeah. I have to take him at his word. Exactly. You know? I got to <laughs> explore this because the, the families or whatever, but there is some distance between them, which is nice. The, the story he's telling of you just going beast mode on him and pistol whipping him does sound a little and just stealing 20,000 dollars for no reason sounds a little unbelievable and then but. shooting his guys and it's just like Bert's like uh i wouldn't use a gun no yeah, yeah and he's I love, the deadliest man alive yes. with edged weapons he doesn't need to use a gun my favorite <laughs> thing is that baby already knows that like he, he he asks him those two questions as if it's just proof he's like baby would i use a gun 
And then he, and he's, he's like, no, like, but oh, it would be a perfect what? cover. Yeah, you would be for you to gun. use a gun. <laughs> and, then the, and then the second one is hilarious where he's just like, you should take a look at your kid's dick. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. because <laughs> the proof is in the pudding right there. All right. Yeah. The check his penis. In the penis. Check that penis. <laughs> I want to see some sliced tip of a cock. And, and what's so funny <laughs> is baby honestly is like seriously considering it. He's like, all right, drop your pants. You got to prove <laughs> you got to prove it. That's a huge part of the plot in this scene, which I just I was losing my mind. Just this old mob Love dude it. being like, all right, let's see the dick. If you and show so me your casual. dick, I'll give you permission to execute Burt Reynolds in this room. <laughs> And which causes uh but. which causes Danny to like, you know, freak out and, and pull a gun on Bert and everything. And Bert, of course, just stoic, just stays in his place. So You're not good. gonna shoot me, kid, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, it's so it's such a good scene. I yeah, love that scene. And baby's like, put that away. And uh, <laughs> there you go. That's it. And then, you know, obviously this sets off the next motion of this kid, Danny, is now gonna cause trouble. And uh he sh- they shoot Peter McNichol, Cyrus. Yeah, which that's yeah. right. Yeah, because, because he doesn't he doesn't get it. permission from the mob bosses to kill him. He's like, I'm going to go to his office and shoot him anyway. Yeah, and uh, you know they and but but Cyrus gets to have that moment of bravery. Yes. Which, which is kind of a wonderful moment. And I kind of wish he stayed dead. Um, he comes yeah, back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the thing is, like, I kind of do and I kind of don't because it's such a sweet character or whatever. But it seems like he got his chest. The blown emotional out. power yeah. of what he does stems from the fact that you know this kid was just on his journey to being a tough guy, and he really did show off his bravery when one of the armed goons yeah. comes in and he's just like punches the dude right in the face, despite the fact that he knows he's probably just going to get shot. And and he does have a great moment. I like that moment mm-hmm. um, when. You know, Burt Reynolds is looking at this dude who just like, you know, took these bullets for him and uh, he just goes, no pain. Like, I'm not feeling any pain. Yeah. Man. Like, I'm ignoring the it pain. It wasn't like when you punched me in the face next to the pool. <laughs> I've got the bravery. I've got the manhood now. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah. And that's enough. But though that that guy seemingly dying in front of him is what. Yeah dismantles the film and remakes the 15 final 15 or 20 minutes a mix of him being batman and also just a grisly one-man army sort of like slasher killing machine that you would see charles bronson do it's so wild (laughs) the the first kill okay so like burt reynolds runs off he's being pursued by all these mob henchmen guys the f- they were like we can't shoot any of this insanity on the vegas strip so follow me across Uh, the desert over to this like foggy concrete and steel, like construction development <laughs> site. Most movies end at a Terminator factory and that's just how it goes. But <laughs> yes, ja- the first kill, th- this is a great edged weapon. He javelins a guy with like a, a like a steel spike with an Olympic throw. I'll <laughs> yes, add. It goes through this man and it goes into an electrical panel. Oh my God. It's everything you want. Yeah. And then we've already talked about it, but him pouring a dude uh, just full of gasoline and then drop kicking an upper light throwing that's like 20 it, in, feet it in, in the air. into his eyes and face too. Like yeah. he has like a bucket of what is either gasoline or like kerosene. He just like fucking and throws it in his how face. Did he jump? Blinds the dude. How does he jump this high to kick out the it's light? So it doesn't high. make any sense. It's like <laughs> it's like twenty feet in the air, and he gets so a good. full like straight leg clear of it and everything, and the sparks just fall down and set the guy on fire. It's one of the coolest and most ridiculous kills that I've ever seen, honestly. Yes. And like, what's funny is that when he approaches the 
the gas cans. There's like three full gas cans. And I thought it was going to be this elaborate thing that maybe he's going to set the building on fire or something. But then just for him to do it to one henchman kill <laughs> is so good. That's amazing. Yeah, while, while all the other henchmen just watch their friend burn to death. Which, <laughs> oh and, 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 and you can actually see the like brown smoke in the middle of the frame before yeah. you just get the one, the like the Danny guy just being like, <laughs> it's a great stunt too like they set someone on fire for this movie it's a great it's great oh yeah they do like like some burt reynolds stunt double does like a jean-claude van damme level like leaping overhead kick of a light fixture and then it and it results in a dude burning to death on screen <laughs> it's, it's so such good. like you, you, like nuts. in a million years where this movie started like if yeah. you're watching the fucking even just watching, maybe not where it started. Where it started was a pretty was pretty grim. That seems um, like it belonged like, in Seamus a little more than everything we've talked about in this, at least. Yeah, it's crazy. In, in the scenes where his his uh, blackjack dealer is dropping a single tear at his gambling addiction, you don't imagine him <laughs> fucking like high kicking a light ago. fixture. <laughs> and that's the genius of it, you know. It is. It truly is. Oh, my God. And then I like that because, you know, Danny gets all freaked out and then he goes back to his suite to kind of just, you know, escape. And he's somehow already there. Like he got ahead of him somehow. And now he's being like this ghost voice of death where he's it's, like, that he's was stalking the wind, him in the darkness not and me. doing like some like Freddy style. It, yeah, taunting. It's he's like, like, are you afraid of the dark? It's like yeah. Batman, you know, it's like, where are you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to know how long it'll take you to die? Think in days. <laughs> Like shit like and, that. And, like, and his entire plan is to taunt him and scare him so bad that he shoots himself in the head <laughs> instead of shooting Bert. It's this whole thing. Which where is he's a great like, plan. And you're it getting works. closer to me. And if when you get closer, listen to my voice. When you get closer, I'm going, I'm going to get you and I'm going to spend days <laughs> oh ripping God. your face off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, I'm, just, like, and I'm going to enjoy it. Well, I saw him <laughs> set my friend on fire, so I guess I'll just yeah. kill myself. And he's just like hiding well, behind the He's even like, table. you got one shot left and even if you hit me, I'm still going to rip your face off oh for a couple God. days. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It, it's it's honestly hilarious. And the fact that it works, like his, his plan is for that to happen and he just, Danny's like, can't do it. But Boom. <laughs> yeah, though I, I will say, I don't know if Ugh. either of you felt this way. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that no one's ear got ripped off. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. It, it was deliberately set up. Totally. They, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, here? that's true. Like, he has that whole conversation where he's just like, dude, the ear is the easiest thing to rip. Just a piece of cartilage. You just grab it and, <laughs> you know, take it right off. And yeah. it didn't happen. You know, maybe no. maybe in the in the director's cut, whichever director. One of the six directors cuts or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, but I, yeah. I totally agree. And then, yeah, I guess this is it, it kind of um it kind of wraps up pretty pretty neatly from here where it's like he goes to the the hospital that Cyrus is at um it's funny that he, the, he, he, he seems to know the, the doctor as if he's just injured a ton of people before and he's like yeah hey how you doing oh you yeah know? he, he keeps plenty in of people in he the keeps beds. the hospital in business yeah exactly exactly pays the bills so um yeah but yeah so he's he's alive which you know as a character you're like okay you know he's a kind of a a comical character in a way, but it feels like the death was kind of earned in just that brave moment. Like you guys said earlier. So. Yeah. 
that's my kind of one critique with that's it. Other than that, it's a perfect movie. Um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, you're, you're almost really like, Oh my God, he's a lot, you know, like, cause I, honestly, I, this is my favorite Peter McNichol performance. I think this, I think he really does well in this movie. And mm-hmm. I, like I said before, you're rooting for this character. So I guess it's nice to see him alive, but at the same time, Going through that crazy revenge thing felt like it was in his honor, and now it's just like, what the fuck? What were you yeah. doing? And then you can just go on right back to bantering with him. Yes, yeah. exactly. He's like, hey, I did the hard part. I confused him. I messed up their game plan. Maybe I should chaperone you while you're in Venice. You just get Bro Reynolds just like shaking his head. You know, he's like, I've created a fucking monster, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I hope so. And. But I, I do. Li- I will say I like the last shot of Burton Venice. I think it's a, oh, I think yeah. it's a nice. He's just it's, a, it's a nice moment. Him in a on gondola, sort of like gondola, mm-hmm. sort of like you know, he's on getting his little. He does ride. look kind of bored. I will admit, though. <laughs> well, probably because he <laughs> rode. You know he rode one in Vegas at uh, one of those casinos. They got those there. So isn't there? I think there's a Venice casino. So oh, maybe he's yeah. like, ah, well, it's too it, much, uh, too similar. Yeah, this is just the same. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think it's meant to contrast the uh, when he talks about Vegas as, you know, I, I never am out here when like the sun is up because it's uh, this place feels like a dream. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. the real world. So now he's out in Venice. You know, mm-hmm. Venice is the real world, baby. It's <laughs> true. I, I, so, you know, they, they, they got him a nice little character. Again, it feels like a moment that in the movie that was William Goldman and Robert Altman, that this would be like an actual very just kind of emotionally impactful. Like here's this guy who lived in the sleazy, glitzy make believe world of crazy, violent Vegas. And then all of a sudden he's in on vacation in Venice. And you feel like that would have like a lot of impact to you in, in this movie. It doesn't, it's there. I see it. Yeah. It doesn't quite have that feeling to me. Um, but I, I, I get what they're going for. And I do think overall it, 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 it works. Like if we're pivoting towards reductive rating round, uh, this one was a, a very solid to high three for me um, a, as well. And I, I am curious to have another actual like viewing of this now that I kind of have a better idea of, of like the shape of the movie and which of the six movies it is and which of the six directors made it. And and uh, maybe have a little bit of that audience experience that Eric had as well, which sounded like it would have really elevated some of the crazy Burt Reynolds moments that you do um, get in this. Yeah, I, I, I did kind of... I. That light okay. fixture death, I mean, with a crowd, <laughs> would be just unbelievable. Dude, <laughs> what a moment. Everyone, it was insane. It, would, it lit up everyone, man, God. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I was reading um, Ebert's kind of contemporary review from from the time, and um, I kind of agreed that it, feel, it felt like a movie that had a lot of, he described it as a movie that had a lot of promising starts. That it, 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 it was a lot and not that it doesn't deliver on stuff either, but just that it was like you could see where in the William Goldman script that it was like the movie about, you know, sort of like the coward's relationship with the gambler and the bodyguard making a living in Vegas and the gambler and a dealer maybe falling in or out of love or the mafia, but like all these different movies that like would be an entire other movie to someone else. And in this, it feels like it just episodically introduces them. And then kind of drops them every so often. Like we never go back to like that dealer character or anything like that. And we never go back to some of these other characters who who pop out um, throughout. But I will say, despite the weird sort of shifting nature uh, of that, it doesn't feel like a movie that was directed by six directors. It feels a little it feels more coherent. Than that. <laughs> Maybe and, two, though. You know, <laughs> 
maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I, I can see that for sure, because you can see the version of this that is like a gambling addict uh, for hire mercenary, just like 70s neo-noir tough guy character piece. And like, that's how you can tell that the movie kind of started out. That's what Berger was, was interested in. That's what Goldman and Altman seemed kind of interested in. And uh, some elements of that absolutely survive the film. And they're really great elements. I think that whole section where he's just, you know, like reveals his sort of gambling addict. And it's just like a, there's an emotional history to the characters. And he's revealing all about his relationship to, you know, the the Vegas Strip. And the fact that, you know, he, he can't escape it. But also he kind of likes being the tough guy that people turn to. And that he actually does care about, you know, who else is going to help these people? You know, this isn't a kind place. He's doing good deeds to all of these various characters who actually do need help. And, you know, and, and all of them view him in a in, in a way where they appreciate it, but also like get your shit together, you know, and it's just I don't know. There, there's something the emotional element of that is all there. It's just the whiplash I personally get from when it does become the sloppy violet sort of like Charles Bronson movie as entertaining as it is. And there's some great fucking moments in that section of the movie. It's so funny that Burt Reynolds, he's he, Kung Fu kicking slasher villain with razor edge credit cards was just not the movie I expected. At this. <laughs> no. Um, and, uh, I, I'm curious to kind of return back to this now, kind of knowing that that's what's uh, what, what's going to come, because I, I don't think any individual movie in this is bad. Uh, mm-hmm. It's th- there's a little bit of jankiness in some of the combining of it, but that's the only kind of qualm that I have with it. Everything else, you know, it's a great weary old man Burt Reynolds performance, and I think he him playing this role in the sort of like classier sort of downbeat register like these he's like this relaxed gunslinger type character is absolutely what makes this movie for me and what made me kind of enjoy it so much yeah yeah i i think i'm right there with you i think uh i'd also uh three it's not consistent you know tonally but it does help kind of punch up those very weird moments that it that it does have and so I I enjoyed when it would kind of throw you a curveball based on what they what you thought they were presenting to you. Um, it is really cool to see a more melancholy Reynolds, you know, with the saxophone and the lonesome walking throughout the strip. I did really like that. Uh, and um, it is difficult to make an actually likable rich tech bro. So uh, well done <laughs> with uh, with that with yeah. Cyrus yeah. as yeah. a character. Um, in in the goofy buddy hangout part of the movie too, which would yeah. absolutely you think be the part of the movie where they'd be like fuck this dude, this guy's annoying. Yeah, you'd think <laughs> it'd be so of, annoying. It's kind of beautiful. And it is annoying in like so many other movies that we've even covered to be honest, but yeah, I think I think they they do it well here. And um, the last thing was just th- I thought this was funny because um, I saw that Gene Siskel reviewed the movie. He didn't like it, um, and he called it a pale imitation of the Karate Kid <laughs> with what? Bert as the master instructor. <laughs> oh, I and like I think this. that's Whoa, so strangely what? reductive. <laughs> like it's so, <laughs> so it's like one moment maybe next. Does to a the guy pool. teach a guy another thing in a movie? It's yeah, the it's, karate like, kid. it's the Karate Kid. <laughs> I'm like that. I thought that was so funny, so I just had to include it. But uh, yeah, three stars. Good movie. All right, uh, five stars. Yes, let's go. Amazing. There it is. I, I I see what you guys are saying with that. How it's kind of uneven, but the unevenness is I what could get used to it. You know, it kind of made me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like whoa. You know, I'm surprised at the twists and turns. You and then you do. Yeah. You go right into that like hangout period of where we're just playing cards, 
And I kind of like it when a movie lets me cool down a little bit and then it fires my ass up again when <laughs> we're actually kicking fire into people's faces. Uh, I, I really, I love, I've, I've seen it probably three or four times now. And, uh, I, uh, I guess nothing will ever beat that first viewing, but I, I, I came to love it then. And I do see the, uh, the fissures in the surface here. It's not exactly <laughs> perfect, but I always, I have a blast when I watch. Is this your favorite Burt Reynolds movie? Uh, probably not. Probably Hooper would be my favorite. Okay. Or I yeah, I've not, I've not seen him. Ooh, Hooper is great. He plays a stunt man. That's a Hal Needham one. And, uh, Hooper, White and Lightning, Smokey and the Bandit are all really, really good. Uh, so maybe this is not as good as that, but it, it, he's hard to go wrong with because he's such he's such a presence and it's such a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're getting when you get a Burt Reynolds movie. And I think mm-hmm. some people view that as a negative. I think it's a strength. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, you, there was a reason he was like a, you know, in the 70s and 80s, briefly, he was like a top 10 star power box office guy. Mm-hmm. People flocked to Burt Reynolds movies because Burt Reynolds was in them. And you kind of knew a little bit about what you were going to get. Sort of like I think a- that that's what's cool about this is it kind of plays to so many different Burt Reynolds. Like the fact that he opens it by being like, oh, you think you know Burt Reynolds? He's, <laughs> right. Here's a fucked up, the grossest Burt Reynolds you've ever seen. But then it's like, but then here's Can't the get weirdest, nicest Burt Reynolds you've ever seen. Yeah. And then here's him fucking absolutely shredding bodies to pieces, Burt Reynolds. Exactly. <laughs> in a way, he's sort of like a like a little bit of like a proto, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's such a presence that it's undeniable who that guy is yet he tries he does action he does comedy i think arnold does comedy a little bit maybe better because like i was just thinking about cop and a half kindergarten cop um yeah i don't know i just i love bert i'm sorry i love bert Yep. Yeah. No, me, me, me too. Me and this too. is, this is like for anyone who's just interested in the Burt performance, this is a very charmingly weary performance from him that I was a little bit surprised by and very much enjoyed. He's definitely like him not making this. I don't think it would be as good of a movie. Like there's no one who would yeah. have the specific chemistry you need to sell the relationship he has with this guy that he's training. It's like no <laughs> yeah. other macho action star of this era would have this specific relationship and be this kind of like, you know, have that just like sad 70s character, you know, fading tough guy kind of. I don't think anyone else would have played it. Well, yeah, Gene Siskel. Especially, especially based on the one man army fucking shit that he does in this. Gene, like, Gene Siskel says Pat Morita could do it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Gene Siskel. <laughs> that's, that's enough of Gene Siskel on this show. We can bring up Ebert, you know, whatever, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, if anyone's interested and, and does want, because I haven't seen it yet, but um, apparently Con Air's Simon West remade this film in 2015. Oh, yeah. With Jason Statham. I with have, Statham. Wow. I'm watching that tonight, probably. I <laughs> had no idea about that. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out, but wow, I did not know that. I don't. I like Jason Statham, but he has a very different energy. He's than only Burt Reynolds, tough. and they would they would need to change that. Yeah, vibe I feel of that like movie quite I don't, a lot. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get the like Jason Statham walking through the strip to saxophone <laughs> kind of scenes. I don't think no. that's gonna happen, but we'll see. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, that I think wraps it up for uh, heat and for and for uh, this week's episode. Um, 
That was, once again, Seamus from 1973, as well as Heat from 1986. Thanks so much, uh, Eric, for joining us and for showing us uh, these films. It was was a blast. Thank Uh, you. Let us know if you have any other Burt Reynolds uh, recommendations in in, in the future. Um, Will do. And what was the movie you said that you were, we didn't talk about that you were so offended about? (laughs) Wait, what? That's that's probably next. There was a movie earlier that you were, I can't remember what it was. Viewers will have to, listeners will have to go back and catch whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have mentioned a lot of titles. <laughs> That's true. But uh, but yeah, th- thanks for bringing these. And uh, what's going on in uh, We Hate Movies world right now? Well, uh, you know, we do a uh, movie podcast as well called We Hate Movies. Been going on for a thousand years. Uh, you can find more information. <laughs> you guys have been at it for a long fucking time. I know. I should hang it up, right? Right, uh, you're at you're at that <laughs> late Burt Reynolds, uh, kind of, dude, kind of. And I'm, that was a little I'm, mean. Uh, no, you're right. I'm gonna uh, walk around the strip with my bottle of vodka, <laughs> listening to some saxophone in a second. Because yes, we have been doing this show since 2010, and uh, we are also going on the road this uh, spring. So if you live awesome. in Atlanta, Georgia, we'll be at the City Winery. On April 25th, talking Gamer, the Gerard Butler film. Let's go. Hell yes. And to that on the show for sure. Uh (laughs) Yes, come on out, Atlanta. And then uh, May 14th, we'll be in Houston, Texas at the Houston Improv, talking about a movie I like, but a lot of people don't. We'll see how it plays out in the room. RoboCop 2. Okay. Oh, dude, I, I love like RoboCop. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, oh, I do. Too. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day, that's one that we have to do at some point, Jamie. I can't believe we haven't. Done totally. That. And then the next day, May fifteenth, we'll be in Austin, Texas, at the Cap City Comedy Club, talking from dusk till dawn. A we love movies episode through and through. So, Sweet. if you live in Georgia or Texas, come on out and see me and, and my buddies, uh, and find more information at whmpodcast.com. And thank both of you. For inviting me back on your great show. Thank you so much. I had a Hell lot yeah, of fun. Man. Anytime. Thank you, man. And go to all those live shows. I saw them do... What, which Saw did you guys do in <laughs> Toronto? It kind of, they kind of blur together a little bit for me, but I had a blast at the live yeah, show. Yeah, Saw 4 was Toronto. Hope to be back. Yeah. Honestly, love Toronto. One of my favorite cities in uh, the world, actually. I was yeah, going to say great. North America, but love then, you know, back. where have I been? So, yeah, the world. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Venice. You heard it here. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely. I'm going to eventually get, you know, the ending of my story will be uh, me and me in a boat you in Toronto. Tacky Toronto travel posters <laughs> up yes, in your yes, place. Yes. <laughs> on the subway. Because you know what? <laughs> Aim low, folks. Not, not that it's a bad city, but because it's attainable. But whichever Ford brothers currently are, uh, you know, I don't even remember what he is right now. He's not a mayor. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks. uh, Thanks so much for our listeners. We're going to be back in one week's time where we are going to be, as Jamie alluded to, uh, called him the Italian Burt Reynolds. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly how I would describe. We're going to be talking about Henry Silva. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But we're going to be talking specifically his Polizio Tetsky films, wow. uh, The Italian Connection and The Mob, which are uh, two films uh, I haven't seen. But one of them is directed by Fernando DeLeo, who did uh, Shoot First, Die Later, which is one of the yeah. Polizio Tetsky films that we have covered and uh, has one of the best titles ever. Those movies always have great titles. Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. That's my favorite that's one. That's a great one. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Uh 
So we're going to be so, yeah, on the Patreon feed, we're going to be talking about Henry Silva and doing an episode on on his bizarre uh, uh, presence because we liked him so much. in what was it? Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai <laughs> so as the good monster. And he's such a strange performance. Also, yeah. he's in Sharky's Machine with Burt Reynolds. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, dude, OK, well, Watch then we'll eventually have to we'll have to do both of those and you know <laughs> see what they're doing. Uh, and and also at some point uh, the alligator movie where he plays the uh, city big game hunter is mm-hmm. probably my favorite Henry Silva performance such a weird movie and role um, and then in two weeks time I don't know if it had been decided yet but I think we're gonna have the guest on who's gonna be bringing on Gonin uh, as well as the mission um, directed by Johnny Johnny Two awesome um, nice so Johnny Two is great. Yeah, we're going to be we're, we're kind of in a crime mode right now. Yeah, I'm totally feeling, feeling that way. So either way, that's what you guys can look forward to over the next two weeks. Thanks so much for listening and keep it easy. Keep it sleazy, everybody.